Hello, welcome to the Private Suite Podcast interview series with me in the Advent. Today I'm joined by two very special guests, Tech Honors and James, or HCMJ, from Death's Dynamic Shroud. How's it going, guys? Hey. Hello. Happy to be here. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be talking to you guys. It was, uh, go ahead. No, I said we're just happy to talk to you. We're just happy to talk at all. Yeah, it's so awesome. I can't believe it's 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 a thing. I've been talking about having you guys on the show for like ever as a goal of mine with this show. So, but I'd like to lead off by saying, uh, longtime Patreon supporter of the Private Suite magazine <laughs> and a uh, big fan. Always copies lying around on awesome. all the coffee tables in my house. So, yeah, oh, so nice to hear. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun this Private Suite thing. We're, uh, we're, we just had an issue come out. It's got some great reception so far. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. I was just I was just happy when I first saw Private Suite that like the effort being put into it was like very genuine and I don't know, just you could tell there was a lot of work put into it and it really shows and I just appreciate when people put that kind of effort mm-hmm. into something. I just like touching them because it reminds me of the 90s. Yeah, like, like really high quality magazines. and like real thick. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. getting old EGM or something. Yeah, exactly. I, that's what I was thinking. Electronic <laughs> Gaming Monthly. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to be able to hold it. I think that's a big part of Vaporwave as well, right? For so, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. The physical mm-hmm. element, for sure. That's what pays the uh, bills. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not sure if you guys can hear, but every day at 7.30, at least my area of Toronto goes absolutely ballistic in celebration of the health workers. Um, there's people banging pots in the middle of the street, like whistles screaming like everyone's loud as hell I don't know oh, if you wow. that, so. no it's super cool yeah in, like... uh, where i live in um northeast philadelphia um people just uh litter <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got good, good sense of community though right yeah but, yeah uh, yeah everyone's involved mm-hmm. <laughs> i did just hear a uh a truck honk but i think that's because someone's in his way um so yeah probably not for the health workers but yeah that's okay um that well if if they you know if they get real loud then it's just uh it'll it's just a fun uh secret part of the episode mm-hmm. yeah it's part all part of the show folks yeah um so yeah thanks for coming on the show guys i know it's been a little while some back and forth some problems i had to cancel yesterday was it <laughs> no yeah. worries yeah had some stomach problems <laughs> to get into it are you experiencing shortness of breath or <laughs> I just ate some really shitty food and mm. drank a bunch of energy drinks, which I think uh, the energy drinks are what did it. Yeah, a lot. those are pretty raw. I used to just pound them, man. You know, balls, energy uh, drink balls. No, I'm, I'm aware uh, of the brand. Yes, I'm, but... yeah, so good. Uh, uh, they're ribbed. Uh, Tech and I, I, um, when we were in a band many years ago, we used to drink Gatorade all the time. Constant Uh, Gatorade, then vitamin water. Yeah, yeah, vitamin Uh, water phase, triple X. But now I'm I'm more of a Brita filtered water kind of guy. Same Z's. You know? Yeah, for sure. Live and you'll learn. Good price on that stuff, too. You know? (laughs) Nice and affordable. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, um, Philadelphia, we heard. How is Philadelphia apart from the littering? 
Oh, well, yeah, Philadelphia is a very dirty city. There's a lot of garbage here. Um, but there's also a really great um, music scene here. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the Virtual 94 guys and, of course, uh, Skeleton Lipstick, a.k.a. Dr. Chris, um, you know, and they throw the, yeah. the terminally chill parties here. Um, of course, not right now because of... Uh, the pandemic um so there's actually like a it's kind of a unique thing that philadelphia has this really vibrant thriving like irl vaporwave community that's um mm. like super super fun to be a part of um yeah it's wild just playing there the one time for it with it uh with james for it, it was like uh <laughs> I, I was very very surprised at how many like irl people were there for just yeah. one-off show yeah, he so, puts work into the events too, you know. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. So um, Philly's great for that. Um, bad for the litter, um, but really bad for for COVID right now. So like, if you look at the map of America, um, I'm like living in like the giant red circle where it's like <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just uh, staying indoors best I can, and you know, mm-hmm. soldiering through. Yeah. Well, that's good. Got to stay safe. What's Florida like, Tech? yeah uh it's stupid um i mean i'm in i'm in one of the three counties that didn't reopen i'm pretty sure because i'm in like the third worst county or whatever uh but i mean i don't know you see people with masks but you see a lot of people without masks um all i know is that traffic which is normally just awful is incredible ever since uh the pandemic started and so part of me just never wants it to end uh, <laughs> just but, drive forever just that open road yeah i can i can go like 80 on the way to work instead of like 45 it's awesome but aside from the whole everybody dying and stuff yeah uh <laughs> that's the only thing that um yeah but but no uh, it's just you know it's it's summer all the time here so uh weather yeah. is <laughs> Well, one thing I'll say for COVID is that it's definitely the, um, it's the quickening for the VR dawn, you know, we're experiencing <laughs> this all around us where people are just starting to get used to paying money for virtual content and, you know, the idea of the virtual concerts and, you know, virtual lectures and, you know, like even like older people are like starting to grasp. Um, yeah. It's like normalizing it big time. Yeah. Yeah. So bring mm-hmm. on the VR awesome. dawn, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. Let's plug in. Plug yeah. in, tune out, you know. Yeah. Tune Music out. on, world up. So we have a lot to go through today. I don't know if we're going to be able to cover everything, and I want to give a disclaimer for those listening. I am not nowhere near as much of an expert as some of you that are listening um, at Death's Dynamic Shroud and the history of these two gentlemen. Well, all, all three of the gentlemen involved in the project, I suppose. So please forgive me if I miss any questions that you really want to ask or anything like that. It's fine. Do you have a, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> so let's just basically dive into it. Um, let's talk about your projects. So Ghost Diamond Collective. Let's go. Let's go there first, I guess, because it sort of encompasses Death's Dynamic Shroud a little bit. And my my belief is that it came first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah so, the the, the idea the idea with Ghost Diamonds was um, 
Tech and I have been friends since high school, and we were in a band then and after, and we've been making music together for years and years and years and years. Um, and Tech is Tech and Keith are basically the two musicians that um, I have full one hundred percent trust in when it comes to like working with, and um, like my I, I trust them to to do the right thing basically. <laughs> and Tech and I specifically, you know, we've worked together on so many projects at a certain point. We just decided that our chances of um, having successful music careers would be uh, doubled if we both just pooled everything that we did under one umbrella. So it's like, you know, I make music as HCMJ, as Winter Sleep, as Zepter Rose, and then Tech makes music as Dinosaur on Fire and Black Hole Future and uh, Peach and Plum. And the idea was, okay, well, let's keep putting out these albums. We'll put it all on one big Bandcamp page called Ghost Diamonds. And then if one of them catches fire, then that'll be sweet because it will direct all this attention to all this stuff that sort of both of us have made. So mm -hmm. that was sort of the idea. So it's not like really a record. It's like a record label, but just for two people yeah <laughs> you it's... know being all the artists i guess yeah like a vanity label yeah, yeah sure, sure. <clears throat> makes sense though with all the different projects and especially in vaporwave people are like unaware of all the projects people have right right so, yeah I, and that ended up being just sort of lucky because um death dynamic shroud was a. Uh, I think we had started death dynamic shroud prior to grouping everything under ghost diamond i i think that's oh, right wow. <clears throat> i might be wrong but it was around the same time, if anything. So, uh, so let's get into that then. When did Death, Death Dynamic Shroud become a thing, like, like a name or a project, whatever? It was the the very first day of the year, twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, Tech, so Tech lived in Philly, um, and he was moving away, and he had sort of introduced me to Vaporwave at at some point in there. And we were, you know, talking about, man, we have, we should do like some vaporwave, but like we'll do it with like the right samples that no one else knows how to use, um, because <laughs> because of our, you know, our worldview, our our musical worldview is like very very yeah. specific, and there were like very like certain things that we wanted to express, you know, with vaporwave, but it was really mostly kind of just for us, you know. Yeah, and, it was like for each yeah, other. <laughs> yeah, and like the the first the first Destinamic Shroud album, I mean, it was like literally a joke. Um I mean, the the name came from um Mad Cat Lady who is this this YouTube channel. It's this uh I think she's from New Zealand or Australia. Um and she um is like an amateur 3D animator, quote unquote. Um, and she mm -hmm. would mess around in like Daz 3D um, and like Poser and make these really just strange, um, like accidentally like surreal Lynchian like bizarre <laughs> yeah, animations. Like very insane. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Look her up, Mad Cat Lady. She's she's the origin. But one of them was called Death Dynamic Shroud. Wmv, and we both always think it's funny when people like when they don't have the uh, the self-awareness that like they're uploading a video and like it says right there like the the file extension is still in the title of the video yeah, like, but like just delete it yeah it was like no just upload it it's fine um yeah. but the video was she was doing like a like a um a test of like a skeleton wearing it was like a fabric simulation so it's like mm -hmm. a skeleton moving back and forth with this like cloak on and she makes this like super creepy like music um i don't know what the hell she uses yeah, to make it <clears throat> no idea but it's like a it's like a, a sample of a scream that she's transposed over all these notes so it literally is just like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrifying 
Um, and then and at some point it was mean. like, yeah, we should, we should like, if we do like vaporwave stuff, we should just like call it destinamicshroud.wmv because it's like fucking hilarious. Because like, <laughs> Tech and I, you know, we're, we're like post goth or whatever. So, you know, we're always examining. <laughs> yeah, we, we love to, we, we lift up that rock, you know, and we shine a light yeah. on, uh, you know, all the bugs festering the, yeah, within the underbelly of, the of, yeah. <laughs> of humanity, you know. So, um, so yeah, so it, it, at at one point I was replaying Shenmue, which is one of my favorite games. After yeah, the, for the first time um, since getting into Vaporwave, and I was like, oh my god, like Shenmue is really like an interactive Vaporwave album. Like so every vapor, yeah. yeah, like every store you go into and every little shop, it plays this little snippet of music, and it's like so Vaporwave. And I was trying to explain this to Tech that it was like this multimedia, you know, next level virtual Vaporwave experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all together um, in our hometown of Dayton, Ohio, um, over Christmas. And I was trying to show it to him, and my computer was messing up, and it didn't work. Um, and then that New Year's Eve, 2013 into 2014, um, I had the flu. So I was stuck inside and was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to like turn Shenmue into a Vaporwave album just to like show tech like how yeah. Vapor like it really is. So mm-hmm. I just plugged in a four-track into my computer and recorded myself playing Shenmue, yeah, and turned it into what became the first Destinamic Shrouds um, album, quote-unquote, I guess. Um, and then Tech kind of made one. He made um, Mystic Quest as sort of an answer to that with his, like, pop music Echo Jams, which is, like, really kind of like Tech's forte. And yeah. then we just sort of started going back and forth, really just for fun, not thinking anyone would ever care. Wow. But, but then people ended up caring, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it was a total accident. Yeah, it That's was incredible. Uh, it was uh, uh, Scott Michael from um, Atlantis Recordings who eventually yeah. like sent us an email like, "Wow, I love what you guys are doing. You want to do an album for us?" And it was like, "Oh my god!" Like internet clubs on that label, like holy shit! Yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's the brief origin story of uh, of wow. Destiny McShroud. Incredible. Okay, so let's rewind a little bit. Tech. Mm-hmm. James just talked about your kind of musical language, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. How did you develop that? Uh, my language with J- James or just in general? In general, like uh, what you sample, the style you like to go for, what inspires you. With Destiny Me Shroud, it was just <clears throat> um, I had gotten into Vaporwave um, in 2013, I guess. And, uh, or yeah, 2012, 2013. Anyway, um, I liked certain there's a there's an artist named mj lincoln um who put out an album called now that's what i call music volume two yeah Uh, (laughs) and and, uh genius yeah truly and i i i I really liked um i really liked how that album sounded because it would take it would take songs that you you actually already knew where um, a lot of vaporwave would just take like regular or not regular, but like just obscure sounds. And this mm-hmm. album took like eighties pop songs, kind of like, I guess maybe echo jams, um, by one of tricks or Chuck person, yeah. or whatever, but yeah. I never listened to echo jams. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, the MJ Lincoln album, like it, it just like, it plays with like your expectations of, because you're already familiar with this song, you're like waiting for it to get to the next part, but it kind of glitches mm-hmm. out. And it just, uh, I like that sort of, 
I, I don't know, that weird appeal of being familiar with something, but like having it right. be disorienting, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's so vapor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I was kind of doing um, just as like a response to James's Shenmue Online. And then he made a couple more and then I made another one. We just kind of kept going back and forth and it was, it was just fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and what I was trying to get at there was like before the Death Dynamic Shroud, you guys have been making music for a long time. So where mm-hmm. did your, like, when did you first make music? You could say like when you started sampling stuff, I'm sure the first thing you made wasn't your response album, right? We, we didn't really do anything sample based until Death Dynamic Shroud. We weren't, we always like worked as like in a, in a rock band together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was actually a, a real big, you know, it's, it's I've told the story a bunch, so I, I won't bore your listeners. Um, <laughs> but like, I was like, really, I did not like Vaporwave when I first heard it, because it was all sampled. And I was specifically mm-hmm. at that time, working on a non a sample free album of music that I was trying to make sound like nights into dreams and the first time tech played vaporwave for me it was new dreams limited uh laser disc visions yeah. and there's a track on there that's just a song from the night's ost slowed down and i was like well what the fuck is this like <laughs> you know you're, you're like working so hard to make something from scratch and for whatever reason i don't know if it's the generation that we came up in or whatever like whenever we made music we always felt like everything had to be from scratch like we didn't want to use loops or, or, or anything. It's like everything had to be done like by us. It's like a weird Um, pride. Yeah. Yeah. But like once you, once we sort of got past that barrier, it was like, Oh my God, we can do anything that we want. Um, and that's kind of liberating in a big way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I think as far as like to answer your question more directly with regards to when we started making music together, uh, I think the, the specific point that I always like point to is when uh james james joined a band that i was in in like 2001 or something i want to say 2002 maybe yeah it was uh, around then yeah and uh and he had he had just like recently joined the band and he had been writing songs on guitar and i had i wrote songs on piano and i had like written this like small thing and then james had also written this small thing and then we like at band practice just merged the two together in a way and it was like really cool because even though we were in this band like i think we just connected more with one another than even all the band members Mm -hmm. uh in like a, a way that like we kind of understood what it was that we specifically wanted out of like chord changes and melodies and um James in particular, he, he, he really knew exactly how to like manipulate and like point to get from point A to point B in a song, uh, in a way that made a lot of sense to me. And then it started to make me realize, like, uh, I guess he was sort of like giving a language to like everything that like I was starting to figure out or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from James, but I had the uh, benefit of taking piano lessons since like nine years old. So I had a, a bit of a um a uh like a piano lesson music player like background or whatever yeah. and i spent i spent yeah. a lot of like you know middle school and an early high school just like i don't know like tech and i really if if you wanted to point to anything that it is that we want to achieve with music it's always been just to make people swoon 
I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like the emotional manipulation that music can achieve when someone walks into a room and they're like happy and bubbly and then they listen to a piece of music and suddenly they're crying and they don't know why. (laughs) And so like I was obsessed with that like feeling when, you know, um, you know, like, like the Beatles song in my life, you know, um, Oh my love. Like what's happening there? Like right there, something happens that makes it feel like someone's stabbing me in the heart. And so like, Mm -hmm. what is it? And then so you go online and you look up the chords for a song. You're like, okay, so they're going to like, they're going to like a minor there, but it's like, it's a different minor than like this other one. And so like, why is that happening? And I hear that in this song. So there's been a lot of like, um, listening to music and and just trying to decode it to figure out and and just sort of add all those pieces together to create this um, sort of musical lexicon that um, it turns out tech was completely on the same page, um, Mm -hmm. even when we didn't realize exactly what it was that we were going for. So I guess we're just kind of like musical soulmates, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's certainly something that's like hard to articulate, you know, like Mm -hmm. why music why when you hear a certain note and then a note after that and a note after that, depending on which ones they were, they make you feel a certain way. How does hearing translate to emotions? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I think crazy. there's a lot of there's a lot of theory and they even talk about that and stuff and you know, when we were in school about it and it, uh, I think at the end of the day it was just it ended up not mattering. It was just, let's figure out which chords these are and then let's yeah. just use them and go. <laughs> like, let's just manipulate this yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of our... It's, yeah, yeah, it's funny, like before before we went to school actually for music and so we were just kind of figuring it all out ourselves, like we would come up with all of these names for all of these like chord juxtapositions and like... And we called them tricks, you know, it was like, oh, we can use that one trick here and that will help us move into this next section. And then like people should be crying by now. And if they're not, then, okay, then we'll hit them with a minor four, like right here. And like that, that'll do it. And they all had a bunch of really funny names, like the major to minor, the one half major to minor, the 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 muse trick. trick. That was the (laughs) best. The The muse trick. Amazing. The trick the muse does in every single song. And then like when I was in school, they were like, they were like, this is called a suspended four. And I was like, oh, the muse trick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that one. It was really validating though to, to like go to music school and then it's like oh cool so all these things that we've been doing other people already figured this out and they actually have mm-hmm. like scientific names for them and we're just like <laughs> mm-hmm. geniuses that figured it out on their own <laughs> like sick yeah yeah yes. i must have opened up a large world of music to you at that moment yeah oh no did we lose tech oh he gone where'd you go buddy cut and edit yeah and that's a wrap <laughs> oh he's probably it. talking and saying the greatest stuff right now but we can't hear him <laughs> <laughs> got a moment Perfect. Perfect. oh he's back did i yeah did i leave the conversation there yeah by accident right when you started talking and i was saying man he's probably saying the most eloquent eloquent oh, shit ironically man. i couldn't say the word eloquent <laughs> yeah it was i was i was just saying that it was kind of almost frustrating initially because um i felt like when i started writing again um, after starting school, it felt like my, I wasn't being as imaginative anymore because I was thinking about music Mm -hmm. in in this like classical harmony sense and all the rules Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it was weird because I had already been operating 
without them just fine and now all of a sudden i had them and it felt yeah it felt like i was being limited but then once i got past that glass case of emotion it was like uh (laughs) (laughs) yes uh once i got past that it was um it was really nice because it's almost like you now can be you're you can break all the rules or whatever and still still use them it's it's neo it's neo at the uh it's neo Mm. at the end of the matrix it's like suddenly you see you see all you know blonde brunette redhead you know it's not (laughs) it's not just it's not just a bunch of you know like oh i can kind of make this work and it and it that's what agent smith looks like it's like no he's a bunch of like sick green text yeah and i can, and stop. I can just stop bullets yeah. yeah i can stop bullets with my hand and fly around while uh, rage against the machine plays you yeah know, it's, that's what it felt like it's like that <laughs> i can see it So I read something about Super Nintendos. Like you loved Super Nintendo music tech. 
and yeah. video game music and you wanted to live in those little moments within the songs that were your favorite parts yeah sort of. uh that was uh that's something that james and i sometimes call i think we call it cpi is that the core progression isolation <laughs> oh god i forgot about that <laughs> yeah like cpi <laughs> cpi core progression isolation it's oh, like a joke man. but uh <laughs> the, the, basically it's just uh like growing up playing super nintendo i had a super nintendo and um like i would I, use- I was a genesis kid yeah, so that you know, a little bit country. He's a little bit rock and roll kind of thing. <laughs> uh, there were there were like at least two games that <clears throat> I would sometimes rent because I didn't own a whole lot of games. I just rent them from the store or Blockbuster or whatever, and uh, I would rent them just so I could get to like a certain p- part of the game and then just like leave it running on the screen uh, so I could like listen to the music all day. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, and so I was just like really obsessed with certain <clears throat> certain. Yeah, just chord progressions, it turns out, because I didn't really understand why I liked what I liked mm-hmm. back then. And that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, when I met James, he he could explain to me, like, this is, you know, I was like, oh, it's doing, you know, this minor trick or whatever. And then mm-hmm. I, that's when I started noticing it. And then when I would, like, listen back to all these songs that I loved from Super Nintendo games, I would be like, oh, my God, they all do this, like, the exact same, like, sets of chord changes um Mm -hmm. that james and i both love and so it was weird that he and i both uniquely of one another fell in love with the same sets of uh chord progressions and then were able to meet later in life and be like yeah (laughs) well and and even and like beyond just the music itself like like Tekken, like I did the exact same thing, but it was just like a different set of games. You know what I mean? Like, like Tech and I were both like weirdos. Like, like I used to leave the Star Fox sixty four menu music just like looping and like turn on like a rotating color ball light in my room and just like lay there as you know, like before I even smoked weed. You know, just be like, whoa, this yeah. is amazing. You know, just um. So yeah, there was definitely a big um, like I don't know, taking that music and you know, there's it kind of feels arrogant in a way like, Oh, this composition like would be so much better if just this one part would just be hammered into the ground and like looped again and again and again. But mm-hmm. that sort of like self gratification, I think is, is a big part of vaporwave in general, since you're just yeah. disregarding copyright and you're not even thinking about any of those things. It's like, yeah, I want to listen to Zora's fountain from Ocarina of time, but just that one part that's super sick and i don't care about the like weird island theme other music you know i just want the part where like you know the the root note is you know it's it's falling and it's really beautiful so whoa what if i just drop that in and cut that and then just looped it a bunch which i think was like i mean that was the whole idea of echo jams which um yeah it, which is funny because again like I, neither of us really were into that um but it turns out that yeah, someone had the idea before us, and that's why um, <laughs> he's rich and famous, <laughs> and does Adam Sandler movies now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever hear that uh, Cocaine Jesus record from two thousand nine? Two thousand nine. Oh, what? Uh, yeah. We're worried no. about you or whatever, or or the one no, there was one that before was, that. It was this would have been before Supreme any of the Space stuff that... Race. <clears throat> Oh whoa! He must have been like twelve when he put that out. Jesus, <laughs> he's, so a, he's he, a youngin. He's the he's the proto vapor legend that yeah. nobody talks about, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it. What's it called? Supreme Space Race. Supreme Space Race. 
Oh, yeah. and he's from uh, he's from Cincinnati, so you know. Is he really? So, yeah, Southwest oh. Ohio. That's that's yeah. where it goes down. You know, it's all that's... that skyline chili. Hell yeah. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. Yeah, doesn't. It's fine. <laughs> that one's for the fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so, so james how did you guys get into tapes because i know james you put out some tapes back in like 2012 for your other mm-hmm. project so that was really because of keith because um keith franken and seth okay. graham they ran orange milk records mm-hmm. they're also from dayton ohio so we're all from dayton ohio which is the birthplace of aviation <laughs> it's a Sort of a, a little, uh, you know, small post-industrial wasteland city in southwest Ohio that was a, a really f- fertile place for just a bunch of kids to make music, it turns out. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Keith and Seth were running Orange Milk and putting out a bunch of tapes. And this was like in the early 2010s when that scene was really starting to get um, kind of bigger because there were mm. tons and tons of experimental and ambient artists that were just like pumping out albums one after the other and they could just put out tapes kind of real super cheap. Um, and they were just like these little artifacts that could exist. And then you could have a cool tape deck and just pop in an orange milk cassette and just bring all of this weirdness into your house and this, you know, cool little physical object. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like the tape culture was really kind of predating Vaporwave, I think in a lot of ways, because it was really like 2008, 9, and 10 that it really started to kind of pick up steam. So even back in Dayton, like Keith and I had a, had a separate tiny tape label that that i put out one of my old hcmj albums on um and he put out like super super early giant claw on mm-hmm. and then eventually orange milk sort of became a bigger thing and started to get sort of, sort of circulated around the the blogosphere of the <laughs> early 2010s because that was sort of the um the environment back then that, yeah, and so yeah that ruled that was awesome. it was, it was, it was a, a beautiful was a time, time. Yeah. it was it really was like there were so many amazing artists and so much strange music coming out and um and all I these think, fucking places covering them like and just talking about them and all these blogs just like yeah yeah it was just like sweet. uh what, what was that 100 great jazz funk 20 20, 20 jazz funk greats uh yeah, was that sick was, and like yeah ad hoc and uh weed what temple it, it and, yeah uh, weed temple <laughs> There are a bunch of really sick ones. What was Ad Hoc called before it was called Ad Hoc? Was, oh, God. Oh, something Zones? Altered Zones? Altered Zones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Altered sick. Zones. Yeah, so there are all these... There was a really cool tape scene, and like, and I think that like Beer on the Rug was like kind of a part of the tail end of that, and then, yeah. you know, Macintosh Plus came out on that label and on cassette, and then that just sort of became a part of Vaporwave culture almost like separately and accidentally, because tapes are like from the 80s or whatever and so people thought oh cool it's like nostalgic (laughs) but i also think there's a really cool i don't know like i try to imagine you know okay if i were born in the 2000s and i didn't experience like being a child in the 90s with like a walkman you know that you know like thinking about like ancient antiquated technology um and how you know like cool it must be for like a kid who was born in 2000 and three or something to be like, yeah, I got like a cassette deck and like a cassette tape. It's this ancient antiquated technology, you know, it's very vapor. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it would be like to not have grown up with that sort of thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, to me, tapes were just like this weird thing that like, it was like when my like parents would 
buy something on tape and I'd be like, oh God, why didn't you get it on CD? Like, <laughs> be like, I wanted to listen to it on CD. I don't have a tape player anymore or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of like this obnoxious thing. But I think they're really um, endearing now, even more so than CDs. Um, yeah. there's some, like, there's just something like charming about them. But that said, I do not collect physical media at all. So, oh yeah, I, I do not have. Text the smart one. I'm trying to go that route because <laughs> I'm trying to move my ass to Japan and sell all my shit. Um, if yeah, this I... pandemic ever gets under control. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I moved to Florida, I sold all my entire CD and vinyl and tape collection. So I was just like, I'm not restarting this. I'm just going to just operate yeah. without them. So I kept like six cds that were important to me and then that's pretty much it mm-hmm. what were those six cds tech let's see if there's actually six well they were anything that i was involved in so like of course personal, true. you know um blur uh their album 13 which is my favorite album of all time and james got me the special edition one uh so i kept that um the special edition of amnesiac by radiohead because it's a sick-ass book um that like mm. you're supposed to just like leave in a corner and forget about it, which I have done. Uh, <laughs> it's technically on a shelf, but it's collecting dust. Um, and then uh, I think my mom made me keep "Talk" by Sia Ross. Um, oh, nice. Even, even though I don't really, I don't care much for that album, but uh, it, she, she didn't want me to get rid of it because it was so beautiful looking. The packaging, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the same thing with the the album "Think Tank" by Blur, um, because that also had special edition packaging. Um, which I think cool. James, you gave me that. I did, I did. Yeah. So make sure you had your good blur. I was so, the yeah. Oasis kid. He was the blur kid. Isn't that cute? Yeah. That's the uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo Sega Genesis. That's yeah. That's the dichotomy, man. <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna say. That's why the dichotomy is so good. Yeah. In the dynamic crowd. <laughs> but they're all British, and that's what counts. That's what counts. <laughs> we prefer our rock British. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, Vaporwave is kind of cool because it can offer a different experience to so many different people. Like, my experience is going to be way different than someone who was born in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So the, uh, uh, the nostalgia experience. Um, yeah. It's it weird be because I was, I was just talking about this kind of um, to a co-worker who, like, is somewhat familiar with Vaporwave. Um and Ooh, that's rare i yeah well he's he's young and he's like on the internet and stuff so um but i like was just saying how like i was hanging out on tumblr in like 2011 and just kept seeing all this like art that i really liked because it was just it's like internet art or whatever and it was just taking all these like sort of internet trope things like google search results and uh, you know, file error, Windows XP, yeah, uh, status, you know, things like that, and then just making um, cool collage work out of it. And it was like, I just thought it was really sick because I hadn't seen anything like it, and I really appreciated that they were t- taking something, doing something new with new things. Like they were, I don't know, it was very futurist or whatever. Um, Remixing made, old media. It, yeah, I don't know if tech. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but. I, so I wasn't like as keen on the nostalgia end of it. Like I didn't really care so much about like seeing web 1.0 gifs and sparkles and things like that. I just liked mm-hmm. the general concept of using uh, internet stuff as part of your artwork. Um, but there is something 
I, I would say there's something more nostalgic about something like the work that a lot of the work that Keith does, uh, like his artwork, mm-hmm. um, and like for Orange Milk and sort of this like retro futurist, um, uh, um, sci-fi kind of looking stuff. I think that, air, that's... air like old airbrush, yeah, um, like sci-fi mm. book covers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that kind of thing is more like what qualifies as nostalgia to me. But I suppose, and and it is a draw. But I suppose that nostalgia to uh, Gen Z maybe would be um, stuff from from the '90s or early aughts. Um, yeah, like because because like I like I grew up in the '90s, and you know, like to me, Bliss, you know, the Windows XP fucking desktop it's like this is so gross like i don't yeah. want to look at this ever again like <laughs> this means that like I'm, yeah like i'm at like yeah. i'm at like my mom's office like looking at a computer screen with no games on it like <laughs> I, I don't want anything to do with fucking windows and this yeah. pe- i don't this is disgusting to me you know what i mean like there's yeah, no sure. no irony or nostalgia yeah um, in that sense like we're yeah. we were more concerned with the nostalgia of like emotions i guess um yeah and then like applying our own childhood to it yeah Mm -hmm. i I was gonna say that i don't think um death's dynamic shroud like vaporwave certainly there's nostalgia is a huge component for many many people um and uh, that's definitely true but with death's dynamic shroud i think that it's more about I, i mean it's not that there's not nostalgia involved but yeah like james said it's sort of personal i think death's dynamic shroud is there's like almost no irony in Destiny McShroud and it's all like romanticism or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I would, yeah, I don't know. That's how I'd qualify DDS. When, and I, yeah. I've, I've said before when like someone asked like, what's the difference between like Vaporwave and New World, you know, and it's like, well, <laughs> you know, first <laughs> off, it's it's like not ironic or whatever. Like we're very sincere about yeah. like the shit that we're putting out and like, our samples selections aren't coming from like cruising YouTube, um, you know, for like video game samples or whatever. It's like, I remember playing this game, you know, on the Sega Saturn. And I remember that like this track was dope. And there was like, definitely when we first started, um, I don't know. I almost felt like it was a gold rush when vaporwave was first getting popular. And I felt like, Oh my God, like, you know, I have to sample, the forest level from fantasy star online before, before some like before some snotty kid like yeah. finds it on youtube and yeah. it's like oh this is sick i'm gonna sample this it's like <laughs> no like you weren't there man <laughs> like stand yeah. back i know that like, this exists you're not wrong because uh i know i remember seeing somebody uh talking shit about the last track on our album heavy black heart because they were like it samples uh earthbound uh and they were like making fun of the fact that like many other artists have already done this and like that it was like <laughs> well like, yeah oh, including okay. us like, yeah, yeah, yeah get some creativity guys like, like, yeah. yeah so uh so yeah you weren't you weren't entirely wrong about the gold rush thing yeah <laughs> yeah so how did you guys meet keith he went to high school with us too yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah we were all in high, high school together and it was funny because like like uh like Keith was just even in high school, he was known to be like the you know seminal genius, um, yeah. the musical genius of of the school. Like he could shred on guitar and like play drums better than anybody. Um, and his brain just sort of worked in a different way from everyone else. But we yeah. all kind of mm-hmm. came up in the same the same like music scene in Dayton, Ohio, and um, we were always just like really good friends and would just hang out and 
you know, make music together. I think we like, we pushed ourselves, um, because we would, James and I are like very competitive, uh, not like, not necessarily with each other, although that too, I think, uh, in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. We Um, drive each other. Yeah. But I think with, with, uh, Keith, it was like, he was in a band, um, like a synth prog band called, uh, Yakuza Heart Attack, uh, which rules. Um, and we were like, we were like, we can't, we can't let them be better than us <laughs> or something when we were like 19 or whatever. Well, it's and, like yeah. they would, yeah, we would see them live or like they would drop an album and it, you know, it's like what like, um, like Brian Wilson must've felt like when he listened to revolver or whatever. It was yeah. Like, it's like, all right, know, I you, have to, I have to make something that like rivals this. Like, yeah. So, so Keith elevates, um, he elevates us a lot. I feel yeah, mm. big time. Did he do uh, the sop the cover for Soft Channel himself? Yeah. Uh, well, he he didn't. It was painted by. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. I feel terrible now. Mesh and I were trying to figure that out. When we yeah. No. It it was painted, but not by him. But he, um, I believe, like drew it out or whatever. Like, it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It was always that. That's that's a great record i like it a lot yeah soft channel is incredible <clears throat> so let's go into some of your other projects i know james you have one on orange milk that's uh under your hcmj yeah yeah for for um what does hcmj stand for anyway <laughs> uh it uh it stands for nothing it's just a random jumble of letters it's catchy <laughs> yeah, it kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't HCMJ. it? HCMJ. It's just a um, name that I've had since I don't know, like ninth grade or something, and then I just started to make music on my own outside of Tekkenized Band, and so I just started using that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album I was looking at was Honeybee. Honeybee, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like the just the artwork, for example. Like, where, where did you come up with this theme for the album? So, uh, the artwork was all Keith. Um, like I explained what the, I don't know, like narrative structures, um, especially with like the HCMJ stuff are like really, really important to me. There's always like a story that I'm telling that the listener should be completely unaware of. Um, (laughs) but it's just like, I don't know. It's just like an easy way for me to like organize, um, an album and, and to think about how everything sort of comes together as like a single thought. So like Honeybee, I had this strange idea that kind of inspired by the end of the movie, The Abyss, where it's like um, like a whaling ship, you know, they return to Massachusetts after, you know, a whaling expedition, but they come ashore and find out that the world has become like a corrupt JPEG and, um, and it's horrifying. And so, uh, you know, the, the captain of the ship decides to, to dive down to the deepest depths of the ocean to um, find out the source of this corruption or whatever. And he discovers this, this sort of crack, this dimensional rift where all these little demons are jumping out of. And he comes face to face with a dark entity who reveals that um, the captain was like dead all along or something. Uh, so, you know, but that's like the story, you know, it's not really fleshed out beyond that in my brain and that it makes sense to me. And so then I'll just sort of start writing around that. And so it's like, oh, yes, this this track, like Dark Whales, he, and I don't know, encounters some big, scary, monstrous creature or something. Um, and that's 
you know, as about as far as it goes. So that album, I was also really depressed when I made that album. So it's like, <laughs> it's super dark. <laughs> like, honey, yeah, it's like, pretty dark. Really, really, uh, really, really uh, dark stuff. Check it out on Orange Milk Records if you want to. 2012, some of your very early work. I don't want to say very early, I guess. You have stuff from like 2006 up on your band camp. Right? Yeah, that was, well, yeah, that was my, um, my first attempt at making like a whole album on my own. Um, and it's just, you know, I just had like garage bands, like 1.5, you know, um, and a yeah. MIDI controller. And I just kind of went for it. Mm-hmm. Even then, I think our earliest thing is, I want to say, oh, I'm looking at it right now. Let's say 2003. Oh, damn 2001 the fatem ep oh my god the fatem ep yeah 2001 damn (laughs) yeah so hcmj was always just kind of a catch-all for like what i considered to be like i considered myself like the guitarist slash um singer and tech was also a singer in uh the sailing which was our band and i always thought okay well hcmj is like my solo work or whatever so it's you know it's um you know, some of it is like singer songwritery, you know, um, stuff. And some of it is like ambient synth stuff. And some of it is like borderline weird experimental noise stuff like Honeybee. Um, but like the most recent album I put out is HCMJ um, was a couple of years ago. Um, we Me, which was a, uh, you know, almost like a, like a travel diary of, you know, when I spent a year basically just kind of going around Korea and Japan and all the experiences and the way that it sort of like changed me or whatever. And so there are like definitely tracks on there that are just straight up, you know, just a man and an acoustic guitar, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just, just, uh, exposing his soul, you know? Um, and then some of it is like, you know, kind of moody ambient music. It's just, it's kind of, um, just whatever I'm into in the moment, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the way you like to, to flow to, to fly i guess eh with your music production yeah it's all about what you're feeling and you know and you know like the the hcmj album iron cities which came out about the same time as tex peach and plum album uh archipelago 3.0 um those two albums are kind of our proto new world albums because i mean for me it was the first time i'd ever mess around with sampling at all so they're actually like little bits of like super nintendo music that i had sort of slowed down or changed the timing of and chopped up a little bit and i think there's like a there's an interview in there with like um there's just some other little tiny pieces that i had never really kind of experimented with that stuff before um and that sort of led to destiny yeah that was that was the first time that that was 2012 that was the first time that we were starting to i guess we were into vaporwave in 2012 yeah, it definitely because was. The, yeah, that's when that you showed was, it to me. Cause, yeah, because cause that influenced him. I wasn't trying to make a Vaporwave album, but I was just like, hey, like I'll, I'll throw in some like samples here. I've never done that mm-hmm. before. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We, I think James and I both kind of operate by the whole like what we're in the moment sort of thing. I know my album at, the t- at that time was just about being stuck working in a, fucking jimmy johns uh and just constantly <laughs> daydreaming about being somewhere else um, yeah so and like james has like an album under a different moniker um zepter rose that's all about uh yeah a, 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 the book um Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and he was like reading that at the time so it was just i don't know it's whatever your 
it's whatever you're feeling right then. <laughs> yeah, like Zepta Rose was like an entire project that came from that, like just being really into like maritime fiction for a period of time. <laughs> and then like, I'm going to write a bunch of like synth albums about like um, books about boats. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Including Selenitic Landscapes, which is based off of a virtual book that exists in the library on Mist Islands, where Atris <laughs> writes about um, writing the Selenitic Age. So it's still technically a book about... <laughs> You're like about... justifying it to yourself. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> so yeah, if you're playing Mist and you go to the library and you find that book about the Selenitic Age, that is the book that's um, the famous Zepter Rose album, <laughs> Selenitic yeah. Landscapes, with another beautiful Keith Rankin cover yeah. um, was based on. It's a good album. Just talking about how you guys, you know, work, each of you, how do you go about your album release dichotomy like we were saying like i know tech you've released a few like world war olympics for example yeah and james you have your own as well keith has some of his own and then you have some where you've worked together as well like heavy black heart for example it's all just been um well early on it was just james and i like for the most part like taking turns um Mm -hmm. and we would kind of plan like I mean, I think there were times where we would have like three albums done at the same time and be like, okay, I'm going to put this out next month and then you do yours and then I'll do the next month. Um, Just because like that first, that first year we were just kind of like, like gold rushing it or whatever, where we were just trying to to get get all the samples in before other people started using them, even though no one ever used those later. But regardless, it was like we thought we were like, oh, everybody has the exact same musical language as us. We better hurry up and do this. Not realizing yeah. they're like they don't know who the fuck half these artists are because they're like not into Brit rock from like. But it it but all it, really it all really evolved naturally though because then just like because because we were always showing it to Keith and talking to Keith about it and he was like oh I want to do one of these and like yeah man like you should do it and then he was uh, just in Philadelphia like playing a show or something so he just like stayed over at my house one night and that's when we made Avan Avangeli to, <laughs> together. Um, <laughs> It was literally one night where he was just like at my house and we're like, yo, let's just like make an album real quick. And then like after that, you know, he had a lot of like, oh man, I wish you would have like had more time to like really work on this. And like, you know, like that one AOA song that we sampled, like we could have done so much more with that. Um, And so eventually like I'll Try Living Like This came out of Keith played a show in Philly again. And that time he stayed for like a week yeah it was about like five or six days um and we just kind of banged out that album um and then when that became like really popular and then suddenly it was like oh shit well now we have to like (laughs) take this seriously (laughs) um and it was it was was on tech's shoulders to 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 release the follow-up to i'll try living like this it was weird too because i had finished classroom sex tape which was the follow-up uh Mm -hmm. i had finished that prior to i'll try living like this even being recorded um, oh, wow but it wasn't supposed to come out on orange milk until may of 2016 <laughs> well okay. it wasn't it wasn't going to come out until then because i'll try living like this came out so they put that out first and then we were like well now i don't want to put classroom sex tape out so soon because i gotta wait for mm-hmm. this to kind of <clears throat> die down a little bit and then then we put it out later but it was weird because it was like it didn't sound it didn't make sense as the follow-up to 
uh, I'll try living like this, like in in a sort of chronology. Yeah, and in like a sort of like writing our own narrative or something. Yeah. It didn't it didn't like add up, uh, and so f- after that, it was like okay, we need to like work on the albums like as like a unit now, as like all of us working together, um, and each one must be a masterpiece. Yeah, and like yeah. every song, <laughs> no has more, to no be more great. pumping like, it out. Like we really got to put in the time. So on we this. start, yeah. <laughs> so we worked really, really hard on Heavy Black Heart. Um, I think we're super proud of that one. I think, um, yeah, that one's my favorite for sure. And the biggest and, challenge with the workflow was that we we only wanted to work in the same room with each yeah. other, despite the fact that Tech lived in Florida, and Keith lives in Ohio, and I lived in Philadelphia. So it was like, if we were in town for the holidays or whatever, or um, if we could just take short trips to each other's houses, you know, in some way, wow. then we would sit down either in pairs or a few times, all three of us together. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like sending stems back and forth, like it works, but it's just not the it's, same. as it's like hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, especially it, when you're trying to make that masterpiece, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was weird because it took us like a year to make it, but in in actuality, we only worked on it like for probably like a total of like nine days or something mm-hmm. before before the end stage when like James was working tirelessly to make it sound really good. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was really brutal. Yeah, um, yeah, there was like a That's... like I took a week off work just to like do the final mixing and mastering of the album and. Mm-hmm. Because we had just been like, when we're all in the same room together and we have limited time, like there's not time to like do things real neat, neatly orderly, or, yeah. or orderly or properly. So like all the, and even after those like sessions, we would still send things back and forth, you know, like we'd have to do it that way. Um, and so things were just broken and messy and it was such, such a yeah. slog, like. We fought a lot at the end. We did. Uh. And, and we, and like the album finished like the day before like the album came out like it was like we were all just like talking on like facebook messenger or something and like keith was like sending back like different things it's like well what if what if like the stars are like coming at us you know and it's like uh like this like yeah that's fine whatever this is yeah like Like, just finish it yeah Yeah, we're done uh so my understanding was that james you did most of the album art work for dds well, the albums, the albums that I did, I did album art for, and the albums that Tech did, he did album art for, and then oh. the um, kind, kind of more or less, yeah. And then um, I'll try living like this um, was a collaboration between me and Keith, and then Heavy Black Heart was also a collaboration. So, um, like Heavy Black Heart, like the 3D head, I modeled a 3D head with liquid dropping on top of it, and I sent that to Keith, who turned the liquid into rainbows and um added the stars in the backgrounds um so you know it's uh, there's a lot of sort of visual um collaboration there but mystic mm-hmm. quest and um see what uh, heartbreak those those were the two that i did and then like world war olympics and classroom sex tape um keith did the album covers for those but there okay. is but the original world war olympics was released with a different album cover that tech yeah, made that i did one. make yeah the blue and uh, green one i never got that tape that's i'm still did I'm you still order searching it? for that tape? No. no oh, I, mean, I like, thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thought you were saying like it never came. Oh <laughs> no, I wasn't around back then, bro. Oh god. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll repress it some someday. Well, that was one of my questions, actually. If well, I guess we'll we'll get to it, okay. like new physicals and stuff. But yeah, we'll okay. we'll get there. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Um, yeah, fans. that's that's definitely my favorite record from well, we're DDS. Olympics? Yes. Oh wow. Oh awesome. wow. So yeah, you're you're a tech boy. You're a tech head. <laughs> I'm you a got tech a tech boy. head in the house. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I kind of like them all. But... <laughs> I celebrate the guy's entire catalog. <laughs> Okay, so let me get back into my questions here. We've gone through a whole bunch that I didn't really ask. We just kind of went there. So I'm going <laughs> to skip through. Like I said, we're professionals, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got my this, problem man. is My I problem is that I, I need hope, to research. And I always have to remember that, like, uh, people don't know me personally, but I tend to speak, like, super hyperbolically. And I'll say that, like, that I'm a genius or that something is a masterpiece. And then it's like, what the fuck? Who's this I, guy? I just, that's why I always laugh. It's to like dial it back and like, let people know that it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I don't mean it when I say that. Yeah. We're like, yeah. um, we're like speed racers headlights. We can work singularly or in tandem. <laughs> and Keith is the automatic Jack that helps us jump over fucking crashes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the Speed Racer super fans. Yeah. <laughs> Shut I just up always and watch the film. <laughs> I just always thought that it's so weird. They're like, he can operate his headlights singularly or in tandem. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who wrote this? Yeah, like, yeah. Cool, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, sick, okay. Sick design, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have that feature on my car. When yeah. yeah. So weird. All right. Anyway. Um, what's what's a good question? Okay, so where where did the term New World come from? James, you can feel free to feel that one. <laughs> well, so, um, again, a Death Dynamic Shroud was a joke at first. Um, and in some ways, we, we did have our own, like, jokey commentary that we really just had amongst ourselves. We weren't trying to make any big statements or anything. But one of the things that we thought was kind of funny about um, Vaporwave was the way that a lot of these different blogs and fans were like really like dissecting all the quote unquote like sub genres and micro genres that existed kind of like inside of it. And like us as musicians, you know, at least the way the way that we operated was like not like, okay, I'm going to make a this kind of song and then I'm we're, it's going to be like a genre piece. And then we make this song specifically to sound like a particular genre. I don't know. I've always felt that like, genre is more of a tool for criticism and historians and like musicians can be aware of it but it shouldn't be what's like driving it or whatever yeah. and in a lot of ways i mean it doesn't really exist you know like what is like what is punk for example you know well there are like a thousand different answers to that question and like even if you listen to what happened in the late 70s you know it's like does blondie sound like you know you know um the Ramones like right. no even though they were in like the same scene and like do they sound like the Sex Pistols do they sound like the UK subs do they sound like the fucking Clash you know it's like all of these different bands so it's like okay well then is punk like a social movement or it's like well does it matter you know like who yeah. fucking cares and like I mean, what do you like and the and the journalists uh themselves could could you know you could you could classify it however you wanted to to make it easier to talk about it but at the end of the day it didn't really matter it wasn't like well I'm going to make I'm going to make uh, this kind mm. of punk or whatever. It was just, yeah, they were just I making punk. So anyway, yeah. That, yeah and I, but, and I, think that, I think that especially a lot of like younger people, um, you know, like teenagers, when that's like all you know, 
that that's how you think it works, you know? And so people were sort of manifesting that with like, Hey, I, I made this album and it's this genre or whatever. It's like, okay. Yeah. So, um, Originally, we would just tag our Death Dynamic Shroud albums with a bunch of fake genres that we thought it would be funny. Um, like Brave New America was one of them. Like on SoundCloud? Uh, just on on uh, Bandcamp. Yeah, so it was like Bandcamp. Okay. Yeah, so it was like hashtag New World, hashtag Brave Brave New America. Like th- these are all just like fake genres that we were kind of coming up with. But like I don't like hashtag New World just sounded like there's it, it was just like aesthetically pleasing for like in the in the actual sense of aesthetically pleasing, not not the yeah. I can't remember if it, I can't remember if it was a typo or not. Uh, no, it, it was supposed to be like that. It with was no O. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then, yeah, it was when Scott Michael from Atlantis was like, do an album for us. I had just called the the folder um, on my computer, New World Breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that album, um, which, you know, the translated means feelings of New World or New World feelings was the idea um, that New World wasn't a genre, but it was just, you know, as I like to say, it's just a feeling, man. You know, it's like if you're if you're swooning, then it's it's New Worlds or whatever. So it it doesn't truly mean anything, and now it's just kind of like part of like the DDS brands, I guess. Yeah. Um, but its origins, like DDS itself, was just just another cheeky joke from you know a couple of goofy guys. But it's cool because it's sort of taken a life of its own, um, in a way that's like where is it where it doesn't really mean anything, but like it maybe it can, uh, like if you choose it to be so. Like uh, yeah. when there when there are other like um. When there are other albums that come out that sort of like feel that 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 feeling that James is talking about, uh, this the Death Dynamic Shroud way or whatever, uh, I think like Dante Mars Ayedo. Yeah, yeah, it? big time. Yeah, um, I, I was I can't, actually well, just I, looking that up to try to um, remember what that album is called. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the album. I just remember the artist name. Dante Mars oh, Ajito. Yeah, celebrating uh, digital artifacts. Yeah, celebrating digital it. artifacts. That's like very new world or like Golden Living Room. Um, yeah, Golden Living Room. Um, Joel is he's one of my best like URL and now IRL thanks to Electronicon, um, <laughs> uh, like buddies. And he gets it. Um, he's a classically trained musician. He's like a, a music teacher full time, but he understands. He enjoys the same things in music that Tech and I do, um, and that's why we really became friends. And that's why at some yeah. point I was like, "Yeah, Golden Living Room is the only other true New World artist or whatever," because he sampled Fantasy Star Online for like the same reasons true that, new like, world. true world, yeah, <laughs> true yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's a there's another um, there's a guy. Um, who just put out an album this year i think the album's called space world 2000 um but his the artist's name is nrail e-n-r-a-i-l-e uh anyway like they put it out and somebody was like somebody on twitter was like this is like straight new world vibes and so i was like oh yeah and so like i like played it and it totally was like it was like yeah hell yeah like this rules uh nice and and so i was like yeah no, this is new world this yeah this sure this is new world that counts <laughs> so i guess the universe is not without a sense of irony where we try to yeah. deconstruct <laughs> the myth of genre only to prove its existence yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you will <laughs> just yeah 
total genius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unbridled. Unbridled. Incredible. <laughs> anyway. No, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's uh, that's what New World is. <laughs> cool. It's just a feeling, man. It's a feeling. Mm. It really is. <laughs> Where did you learn um, to do 3D graphics? James? So that, that stuff, um, I just taught myself about six or seven years ago when I just first got into Blender. Um, nice. Because, yeah, I was obsessed with 3D animation when I was a kid. Like, um, that's the other, like, you know, as oh, yeah. as someone actually from the 90s, like, I owned the Mind's Eye and Beyond the Mind's Eye on, like, VHS tapes when I was in, like, elementary oh, no school. Way. And I was Damn. obsessed with them. And I would watch yeah. them all the time. And all I wanted to do was to, like, be able to do that. Um, there's, there's a, if I can just interject real quick, there was a, a great moment in uh, James and my uh, relationship history <laughs> when we both realized that, like, when we were younger, uh, yeah. when 32-bit systems came out and you, games like uh, Resident Evil and, like, Silent Hill and Monster Rancher, where you had, like, these, like objects these 3d objects that would just rotate on the screen like james and i were se again separately operating singularly <laughs> uh <laughs> we uh both were just like super just like enamored with the concept of like a rotating three-dimensional object on a screen yeah. like I, I i can't that's it's like a feeling of new world <laughs> like yeah yeah like when you get um the forest stone in ocarina of time and he picks it up and it's rotating above him and you're just like oh it's 3d so fucking sick <laughs> yeah because yeah, like um you know ours was the generation that got to experience like 3d becoming like a thing you know like we saw mario go from yeah. 2d to 3d when we still had little child minds and they were capable of being just completely exploded by that yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah It'll like never happen again yeah, no, so, yeah like like in shenmu when you have the uh you get the capsule toy and he's just holding it and you can just rotate it in his little 3d hand to see him holding the little 3d ball and you're just like oh my god this is the, the sickest shit yeah. so yeah i was always obsessed with with 3d um and then i learned about blender like i said about six or seven years ago and it was like oh my god like i finally have a computer that that can actually do 3d you know i'd mess around with like bryce 3d and like uh, uh stratavision 3d in the 90s but you know we only had like macintosh performas that you know that was like the low-end consumer model that really could not handle it um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's just a, a, a lot of watching YouTube tutorials. Um, <laughs> every time I and had encountered a problem and it was like, well, I want to do this. So how do I do it? And then you have to listen to some kid, you know, like, Hey guys, uh, today <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. I'm going to show you the dope sheet in Blender. Uh, if you want to, it's like, okay, cool. That's how you What's do it. What's up guys. This is my first tutorial. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, I'm st and that process continues, <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, the 100% uh, uh, Electronica just did the Beyond the Virtual Utopia Experience 360 live stream, um, and George wanted me to produce like 360 content for it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll open one of my old um, Blender files and just try to do like a 360 version of it. And it's like, okay, you can do that, but you have to use the Cycles renderer instead of the Blender renderer. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, then how do I even do this? I have to watch more and more videos. But then it's so satisfying when you just when you do it and it's like the end result it's a video file you know it doesn't mm -hmm. matter 
if you use Blender or Maya or whatever you used, you know, the end result is always just going to be a series of frames that's going to be consumed. So, Mm. yeah, I've always believed that it doesn't matter what tool you use as long as you're getting the results that you want. So, you know, if you can make an album in Audacity, more power to you, you know, like who fucking cares? (laughs) Like the Mm. the doll wars are so unbelievably asinine to me. It's just like, are the ideas good? Is the execution good? Like, does anything else matter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's just a childhood obsession that I've just in recent years been able to finally um, sort of realize. And that's why I put out a compilation of all of my music videos that I've been making as, you know, Virtual Utopia Experience, the movie, you know, that was my sort of the mind's eye or whatever. That was a very sort of um, very personal kind of uh, yeah. journey for me, I guess. Like an homage yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, like man. I'm, uh, you know, spoiler alert, but you know, I really hope to do a follow up to that with all the content that I've made since then and some new stuff that can be beyond the virtual utopia experience. Um, if 100% mean? Electronica hasn't copywritten that yet, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just gave that one away <laughs> freely. Gotta watch out yeah. on this show. It happens. <laughs> so, you guys have one record that you did work on together independent of keith uh mm-hmm. regret yeah. yeah so why did you guys do that one together what's the special reason that was, you did that that was um that was the ninth destiny mix Shroud new world mixtape um <laughs> and uh there was like we had already we had done the back and forth thing and um i think james said like uh dream catalog had put out uh derelict mega tower which is like james's four hour long like big uh vaporwave opus and um Mm. i think at that time like that that album like had it had its own little following um that kind of uh brought more popularity to us and i think we were just like hey you know why don't we just like make an album together instead of just going back and forth like it just seemed like a good time to just try it and i think um like I know, well, I can't remember what was, I don't remember what was going on in your life at the time, James, but I know that it was like one of the absolute darkest times of my life. I was at, it was actually one of the happiest times. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. felt like I was like, it felt like I was like, you were like, <laughs> like holding my hand and like helping me through when we made uh regret. Cause it was just like super dark. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it just seemed like the right time to, to do something like that so mm-hmm. that was pretty much it and did you get together we didn't actually work together uh in person in fact we didn't collaborate on any of the songs we did the song separately but but um built the album collaboratively built the album collaboratively yes and uh, we definitely had like the concept and and the vibe and um you know it was really about text depression <laughs> yeah know? yeah that's what um, it kind of came and, down to and so and you know they're you know they weren't emotions that i was not familiar with so you know it <laughs> was uh, easy into to that. just yeah just to jump in there and get real fucking dark but i think mm-hmm. we just we were just like hey like uh write eight songs i'll write eight songs put them together uh and see if they work you know and they just did because we knew what we, each other were writing we were kind of like sending each other the songs just so we could hear and then james at the last second was like i'm gonna record a ninth song which gave him one more song on the album <laughs> <laughs> see uh, i didn't i completely forgot about that but clearly <laughs> clearly someone's been holding on yeah 
<laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go back and listen to that and like piece together who did which song. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think it's uh, it's fairly recognizable just because I, I mean, if just because I tend to use like, um, I don't know, I tend to use vocal samples more than James did at that point. My songs um, are just better. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen for the good ones, and then yeah. no, uh, yeah. Tech. I was using a lot of Final Fantasy music. Um, yeah, and then Tech was using a lot of pop samples. But Tech, didn't you do the? Um, did you do the Wii menu music tracks? Or yeah, well, that was on. Uh, or yeah, World War Olympics. I used lots of Wii music on World War Olympics. We did again on on Regret, though, didn't we? With, with the sound of the, uh, with the sample of the, um, I think of the crickets. You, that was. I you. think I did that. Yeah, I did that. Because <clears throat> yeah. you wouldn't have done that again. Okay. No. Yeah. Um. But I did. Yeah, I did like the the, the any anything with vocals. I'm pretty sure was gonna be from from me. Got um, that Final Fantasy four vocal sample on that. Yeah, or six. Yeah, Final Fantasy six. Oh, well, six, yeah. six. Yeah, it's the, the music. The, it's the, the music from love. Final Fantasy six, and then it's got um. Kevin Durant, the basketball player, his MVP acceptance speech, uh, where he just gets like super emotional talking about how like he like came up you from real nowhere MVP. with his mom. Yeah, it's, it's where the you the real MVP meme is from. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was just like it was just I, a really dark uh, post divorce album. <laughs> uh, and so Damn. it's it's uh, regret. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, knowing that too, I'm definitely gonna go back and listen and and discover what you went through. I guess. Yeah, take pleasure <laughs> in my pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How was the show? The 3D VR show. Oh, it was so so it's so incredible. so sick. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Like um. Yeah. Well. Uh. I mean, George is just like super. Um, he's like lightning brained and very agile, you know? Yeah. So as, as soon as like the COVID shit was really starting to pop off, <laughs> he was like, okay, so, um, it's looking like I won't be able to do a lot of shows. So I need to pivot immediately into doing virtual content before other people start doing it so that it doesn't mm-hmm. get like lost in the shuffle. Um, and in a very short time, you know, um, he taught himself, you know, scripting and programming and put together, you know, this 360 experience um so yeah and pete from fm skyline uh he's been doing a lot of really cool um 360 3d stuff too um we've been Mm kind of like talking to each other and and like helping each other along in this this brave new virtual world together so Mm -hmm. um yeah i think there's definitely going to be more of that stuff and it's probably going to be even bigger and better than the first one it's all on youtube so if you missed it you can you can still go on there and just search beyond the virtual utopia experience and it's like it's like it's cool because it's even more than the um than the actual show itself the um the chat and being able to communicate and like see everyone's reaction in like real time and like you can't you can't even like read all of it because it's just you know it's like a thousand people like typing at once, and so you just see yeah. things like really quickly. And the the um the I, I think we've James has DJed like two two other one two other live quarantine live shows or whatever. Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that were really cool, but but and all of them have been cool, but for sure the um the beyond the virtual utopia experience was was definitely the best and had like the it just i mean it was like it's it was both it was both the um 
the visual presentation matched the fun of the chat. Mm-hmm. And so. that DJ set was all Final Fantasy XI music, which yeah. <laughs> um, for those not in the know, Final Fantasy XI was a massive multiplayer online RPG set in the Final Fantasy Crystal Era universe that was released on the PlayStation 2 circa 2002 in Japan, and then a year later in America. It's hardcore um, greatest MMO of all time. Um, it also possibly... has the best soundtrack of any Final Fantasy game. Exactly. And it's yeah. not Nobu Uematsu, it's um, oh. Naoshi um, Mizuda, Mizuda. Yeah, who is um, a super genius and who had the greatest job of all time because for an entire decade all he had to do was write music that defined the entire soul of a single virtual online world Um, yeah and he's like straight up the reason why i decided okay i need to go to school for music because i would be listening to you know final fantasy 11 tracks and be like i don't understand why he's going to that chord i don't yeah we do this it was like we finally found we f- we found like a non jazz artist where we couldn't we couldn't figure out how to emulate the tricks. We were like, this is mm-hmm. so incredible, but it's like it's like too galaxy brain for us. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like the the, yeah. the knife in the heart was like deeper than I had ever felt, and I just like yeah. had had to know. But the point yeah. is, yeah, that that so that DJ set was just like a I just drop a bunch of cheesy house beats over like the <laughs> sickest the sickest little bits of my favorite parts of the final fantasy 11 soundtrack so <laughs> please check it out but the yeah the the actual like virtual stuff that like equips performance was really fucking sick and negative gemini's was really really awesome like george uh, and his thing with satin sheets just like it just all looks the fm skyline yeah there were so many it was just sweet because it was like back to back to back to back and like they were all like captivating because there's such a weird like it's such a weird kind of like uncanny valley space or something with mm. virtual reality uh that it's like i don't know i don't it's just very very cool um, yeah and i actually yeah. watched it with my um playstation vr like hmd on um and it was like Damn. so it, i just love being able to like turn around and there's something there you know like yeah, head, yeah. head tracking <laughs> that was the dream of the 90s man right they yeah. dashed against the rocks of technical limitations yeah mm-hmm. but finally Virtual the boy. vr dawn is upon us yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> like you know in the 90s you know those you would if some arcades would have those giant ass like vr setups where you could play that yeah. uh like dactyl nightmare or whatever that game was <laughs> where you're just like you're dactyl. on a bunch of like that's what it was called because yeah, there's no, a pterodactyl like, that would come in right. and like fuck you up yeah <laughs> yeah it was like everything was it was like the money for nothing video style graphics where everything's oh, just like flat shaded you that know video like is new world yeah yo it is it is <laughs> very problematic lyrics um yeah but I, very, uh, very but a, kind of very up, but yeah very sick watch the weird owl version there you go yeah um, that's the yeah the the beverly hill beverly hillbillies yeah by weird owl look up that video <laughs> that's uh that's new world yeah <laughs> oh my god it is the yeah. creepy ass <laughs> oh that is so uncanny valley too it's, yeah. it's so weird <laughs> damn that's some gold right there, yeah. Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, Swiss, yeah. Swiss, so swimming pool. Booba, booba, yeah. movie star. Booba, yeah. movie star. Look at that, look Such, at that. So good. <laughs> you guys ever see the movie UHF? Oh, oh like yeah, a, yeah. A staple, yeah. Grew up so with that good. one. A young uh, Michael Richards in his, uh, like, debut performance. <laughs> yeah. Also problematic, but at that time, a, a very innocent young michael richards <laughs> mm-hmm. 
life is kind of <laughs> yeah. like this mop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some amazing, amazing jokes in there. Like, yeah. laugh my fucking ass God, off. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Everyone should go check that film out. UHF, yeah, UHF. starring and written by Weird Al. Mm -hmm. Genius. So good. <clears throat> I love the, the 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 blind guy playing uh, the Rubik's cube with the homeless guy. That was always my favorite bit. And he's just turning the Rubik's cube, and he shows it to the guy. He says, "Is this it?" And the guy nope. says, "Nope." And then he turns yeah. it again. Is this it? Nope. It's like, oh my god! It's like a nightmare for a child to like consider that like that's going to take forever. <laughs> uh, Genius. Yeah, god. good ideas. Good ideas. Yeah. Let's talk about Rebecca Peak. <laughs> Rebecca what is that, Peak. Uh, what is Rebecca Peak? A question is... a child might ask, but not a childish question. <laughs> Go ahead, well, I, um Well, Rebecca Peak started because Tech and I couldn't finish anything, um, and at that, at at a certain point, we were both living together in Philadelphia, and. Um, I had been working on this HCMJ album called Power Plant for, I don't even know, like four years or something. Yeah. And as I had no following, no one cared about me. No one was listening to HCMJ. You know what I mean? It, but for, I don't know. It's like, I, I can't put anything out unless it's, you know, it, it meets like my ex extreme standards or whatever. Um, and so when I was just toiling and toiling on this album for no one, for no reason, um, <laughs> And just Tech and I were talking, it's like, you know, like, what if, what if we just wrote and recorded a song in like one day? Like, how good would it be? You know, like, I think we have the chops to be able to just like, you know, because a song is basically written when you do that, like first pass and then everything that comes after that, you know, like, it's all sort of, is that really adding anything or is it just a big, mm -hmm. just a big waste of time? Just and this was about foundation. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and this was about the time that uh, Rebecca Black's Friday um, had come out, and which we were both really into, um, unironically. Um, yeah, because <laughs> it's a, it's super catchy, and B, just the idea of someone writing a song about just the mundane. Yeah, it's just a Friday, and this is what <laughs> this is what Rebecca it's like Black every did. step. Like it's like seven a.m. waking up in the morning gotta whatever gotta go downstairs gotta have my cereal like gotta go catch you know my what? bus it's like every step of a friday it's like what kind of songwriting is this yeah <laughs> so, so surreal um, one of my favorite authors is uh mervyn peak who wrote the gormengoss novel and his lofty ambition was to chronicle to create a fictional character and then write down what happened every single day of that character's life from the day that they were born until the day that they died. And so what came out of that was the Gormenghast trilogy, which is great if you love really dry, super hyper-descriptive, boring, non-magical fantasy of manners. Um, go check it out. Uh, <laughs> Titus Grown, that's, that's the first one. So we combined Rebecca Black and Mervyn Peake, this author, to create Rebecca Peake. Um, so yeah, Rebecca Peake is actually named after Rebecca Black, um, who we're both still fans of. God love you, yeah. Rebecca Black. <laughs> um, and so it was, It I think it only worked because of Tech and I's own personal sort of competitiveness or healthy competitiveness that we have. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. And also like the, the fear that we have of letting the other one down. 
um so it was like okay if we start this then like we have to see it through like so we decided like okay let's write and record a song every single day for a year every night we'll post it on soundcloud at the end of the night and then let's just see if we can do it um so we kind of divvied up the work and um just started to go for it and then it just kept going and going and going because you know after two weeks two months four months of actually pulling it off it's like you don't want to be the guy that yeah like, that's, that fucks it up that fucks it all <laughs> up yeah so um it was a really grueling year um it was rough like half my songs especially towards the end were just about wanting to go to sleep yeah. Uh, and wanting it to be over and wanting and, like, the wanting killing the whole project Rebecca. To be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just being done because like but because at the same time we were in college full time like i was taking like like I, I was taking like 14 credit hours and i was working 35 hours a week at a jimmy john's and then i was also doing this fucking project where i had to re- write and record a song every goddamn day but it wasn't every day it was like for me it was like two or three times a week for james it was usually at least three times a week and then we had another guy who was helping us who was a, a our friend Michael who was in the band um that we were in prior yeah. to this and he he played a huge role too cuz he did he did a substantial number of songs um and it would have been even more taxing uh had we not been able to lean on him sometimes and Keith um, jumped in there too so Keith That's true Keith's in Rebecca Peak um he if you they're like versions of songs that came out on other albums actually that you can hear early versions of like uh return to ice dome uh yeah. from that album like that started as a rebecca peak song you know um yeah. and the, we had a rule with rebecca peak that's like okay make your rebecca peak tracks feel free to use any of the content that you used on like other stuff so it was kind of cool because at the end of the year i mean i i had written something like you know almost 200 songs by the end of the year um between rebecca peak and like other projects that i was working on and then just like stand back and be like holy shit like i can do that i have no excuse like if i'm not putting out music it's because i'm like being lazy (laughs) you know like yeah it was very it was like validating but and like empowering uh, mm-hmm. despite yeah. all the stress that it was putting us through <laughs> and i think it definitely like really sharpens our really sharpened our like songwriting and recording chops because mm-hmm. yeah it was it, it was just like incredible practice yeah yeah and just like creating an arsenal of you know presets and um, yeah. production techniques you know so that you know, when you see like a, um, you know, one of those like master classes where it's like a producer and like, yeah, and drop this in and then do that. And it's supposed to be like, oh my God, he's so like fast and fluid at that. It's like, well, yeah, it's, he does it a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, like <laughs> it was cool to become like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah and be able to move that quickly and stuff. Uh, so, the, was, yeah. so, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Well, I was just going to say, so the plan was to do a song a day for a year hilariously it ended up being a leap year so that so there were 366 fucking song projects um and i don't know at least half of them are pretty good uh, so, yeah. so yeah, there's, plan, there's some stinkers in there but yeah there's some definitely some like oh god oh i can't i can't even do this yeah um but but the plan was to go back and create albums out of all of the tracks um out of the best tracks so like every month we tried to make like two albums out of all the tracks that we had recorded um we should finish that tech you know yeah, <laughs> we maybe. just sort of stops but uh, yeah, I it's don't been know. uh it's been a couple years since you've released something well, yeah we're, 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 we're on like december we're on december which doesn't have oh, a yeah, lot of did, uh there were a lot of bad tracks in december because we went home for christmas yeah there was like there was some 
Yeah, you know, that's a rough month. That's the worst month for Rebecca Peak. <laughs> the the song I recorded on Christmas is really good though. Bleach Absent is yeah, like, that one's beautiful. It's but, like, really the New beautiful. Year's, New Year's Eve has like maybe one of the worst songs here, and that was your fault too. It but, was. Like, <laughs> it was. Like, I, I had like some garbage one like two days before Christmas or something. So I was like at my family's house, like, setting up a keyboard in a spare room and like trying to be quiet. Like. <laughs> I wrote an entire song on like an iPhone four that I had like gotten for Christmas, and it's like really fucking bad. Like, yeah. uh, Invitation, that's right. Oh man, don't put that out there. People yeah. need to look for that. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. so it was a it was a big project. Uh, no, one of the cool driving forces of it though was about two uh, a month and a half in um, SoundCloud, and this was in like kind of an early era of SoundCloud. Um, before it became overwhelmed with like SoundCloud rappers and beat beat boys, <laughs> uh, and uh, it actually had kind of like a fun sense of community um, at the time. And uh, SoundCloud made Rebecca Peak their SoundClouder of the day. No um, way. Yeah, and uh, it was cute, uh, but it was like um, all of a sudden we went from getting like maybe twenty plays a day. To getting like 600 and which was like a huge leap for us um and then like by the by the end of the project like we were getting like a, at least a thousand i think on on most songs um which was which was huge at the time for us and it was like a really big driving force for us to be like to know that there were people waiting each day for the song so that they mm-hmm. could leave comments mm-hmm. and listen to the next rebecca peak song so that was like mm-hmm. th- i think that was really big That's... for us and That's definitely, romantic. yeah, definitely a few people that were um, upset when they found out that Rebecca Peak was not, in fact, a person, not, in fact, a girl. Yeah, um, it. But honestly, <laughs> by today's standards, it pro- we probably wouldn't do the Rebecca Peak thing because it's uh, kind of problematic to just be pretending you're a girl on the internet. I think. Yeah, uh, well, I thought it was obvious enough that we weren't, but I know apparently- sometimes we sing like guys, but yeah, I don't know. It was just. It was it was it was kind of funny. Um, Interesting, but yeah. Interesting. I was also well, honing. Now's a good time for that, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was honing my Julie Cruz voice, which now is like my standard HCMJ voice, and like that's yeah. the reason I kind of sing in like a very high falsetto with like breathiness behind it. Was because mm-hmm. in Rebecca Peak, I wanted to sound like Julie Cruz because she's I think has one of the most beautiful voices that has ever existed on this planet. And I just wanted to sound like her. So (laughs) anyway, yeah. So that's, that's Rebecca peak.
So as big fans of Rebecca Black, I'm sure you've heard her new song, Sweetheart. Yes, oh, I have. Of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Oh my God. Okay. No, she has even she expecting. has an even newer song that's act, that actually really rules too. Um, nice. Uh, God, I can't remember. It's oh, self sabotage maybe self sabotage. Okay. Uh, it's actually it's like it's really good. <laughs> so it's like a really oh, she's good pop got a song. Couple, yeah. yeah, yeah. She released like a double good for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, her story was like actually really cool because I mean, she could have gone the way of like a lot of like meme people that sort of got consumed by it or just became and stayed a joke. Um, I actually just recently read an interview with her uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like so like um, down to earth and like humble about it because she's like, yeah, like it was rough when Friday came out. Um, and, you know, uh, and you felt like, you know, um, that you were the butt of everybody's joke. But, you know, I feel like, you know, every. 13 year old girl goes through that and what i was experiencing was just that on sort of a bigger scale but it's no different from like anyone else's experience I'm like damn, damn. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she keeps it in perspective she's yeah. like a really cool strong person yeah didn't her dad like try and make money off of that that was the start of it or something the, it was just like a weird it was just a weird vanity label for um for people who had the means to may have a song made for them that they could record and then um mm. and then have a music video made for it too and and i think you had to be somewhat well to do to to do that kind of thing and she's from like california or whatever and i think she yeah was born into decently wealthy family or something like that maybe um at least they had equipment around yeah, yeah well they i mean she <laughs> the it wasn't her dad's label though oh. it was just like some other oh. Yeah, it, it um, was like it was like pay this mm, this company money and they'll put okay. your kid in a music video yeah. and then the music video might become popular. Um, and so they, but they gave little her did two, they know. Yeah, they gave her two songs. One was okay. Friday, and the other was like this song that she didn't want to use because it was like about like adult love, and she thought it was weird because she was like thirteen. <laughs> so mm. she just chose the Friday one, and like mm-hmm. I think they all like understood that the lyrics were a little bit goofy, but like it was just going to be part of the package deal. But they didn't know that it was going to fucking go viral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was just having fun, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I think I just always felt bad for her because the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, this song is fucking weird. <laughs> 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 it wasn't even like it's bad; it's just like who wrote this like uh but there was also but it like would fucking get stuck in my head like <clears throat> it's just like extremely catchy uh, there's there's pop wizardry in there for yeah sure. yeah it, for there's all content the, yeah for all the whack lyrics like sitting in the front seat chill in the back seat gotta make my mind up which seat can i take <laughs> what are you talking about uh <laughs> So yeah, Cruising, that's oh, the name of Shroud. Huge, huge Rebecca Black. Yeah, fans. we're big Rebecca Black fans. Number one inspiration. Yes, for sure. Nice, Rebecca Black. If you're listening, please let us collab. That's our yeah. dream. <laughs> we're here. <I'll> <laughs> waiting. We're, we're we're out waiting. there waiting in the wings, man. Just let <laughs> us know. <laughs> so how did the uh, Ghost Diamond sale go the other day? That went pretty good. Yeah, really well. Yeah, uh, made a little scratch. <laughs> made a little scratch, and and one one lucky uh, person is going to get that rare virtual utopia experience tape, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. No, it was uh, you know it what was, that is fun. Uh, oh, yeah, um, ahead, that tape ahead. came out on New World, and I was thinking, why didn't you guys put New World out on New World? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was well, so yeah, weird it, when that label 
I was like, whoa, new world. Okay, yeah, we can release something on that. <laughs> that that was uh that was like a just like a fun time where I like sadistically wanted to release the back catalog on a bunch of tiny vaporwave labels mm-hmm. just to put a bunch of rare tapes out like into the world that would be like difficult for people to get their hands on <laughs> like not like not out of like i'm not making any money off of the aftermarket for destiny amateur Out tapes you know what i mean but like yeah. i don't know like i thought it would be fun to just like take that back catalog which you know to us it was like well those were just like mixtapes that we made you know that's what we call them like new world mixtapes because mm-hmm. they weren't like albums that we were like toiling on what well, they were to a certain extent but we still didn't kind of see it that way so yeah. um yeah there was like new worlds and then um i mean rpg windows vista came out on bedlam tapes lest us forget you know yeah, um, bedlam, yeah. that happens you know yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that was oscob's label right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, i think right. uh yeah i don't think even when that was happening i don't really think we like knew that destiny shroud tapes were gonna like sell for like 50 dollars or whatever no on no yeah Discogs. i just we just I thought love it was the idea fun. of rare items you know yeah. like mm-hmm. i'm just into that from a video game player's perspective but yeah, then it kind of exactly. it kind of sucked Japanese though because i felt bad for whatever. people who i was finding out were spending like 40 dollars to buy a tape from some jerk that was like that bought two when they were you know nine bucks each or whatever uh Mm -hmm. just so they could sell it on the aftermarket and i was like damn that sucks but also tech tech sold his whole archival backstock online at at like um retail value though so nice we do the best we can yeah you know to be good guys try to help Mm -hmm. but just get your shipping money back yeah i think it was just yeah i just charged Mm -hmm. And the Virtual Utopia Experience release specifically, I remember there was a lot of drama around it. I wanted it to be as hard to get as possible at the time. <laughs> and so it was only available through, like if you had to buy like the New World's like, box set with like four other tapes. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Because like, yeah. then like singles, the, and, but then there was a big backlash to that. So we're like, okay, we'll do like a, a, another edition or whatever. Yeah. But I guess a lot of people had trouble getting that order um, like I posted that on Twitter and someone was like, man, I never even got mine from when I actually bought it. It's like, Oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. I at didn't a certain know. point, yeah. at a certain point, we, that's when we were kind of like, all right, we're going to, we're going we to take these releases into our hands. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was, it was hard to trust other people. Uh, not yeah, that exactly. the other labels didn't for the most part do a great job, but no, you know, a, we know we can rely on idea. ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it makes things exciting for the community. It's like yeah, a exactly. scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, but I, you know, I want those things to be accessible to people. So yeah, yeah. exactly. It's more like put in the work to find it, not the money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly. We're, right we're not, that. we're not into RMT. You know, we want you to grind it out. RMT. Yeah. Real money trading. Oh, term. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Gotcha. <laughs> Talking about games like R and D is close there. Two million bells, sixty dollars. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I'm gonna fish. I don't need this shit. All right. Let me get through some more questions here. If anyone right. needs to take a bathroom break, maybe now would be a good I time. I really do. Um, I'm gonna do that real quick. Go do it. Okay. I can answer a question while James is gone. <laughs> Okay. If you want, sure. What's what's James's dirtiest secret? James's dirtiest <laughs> secret. <laughs> God. Uh, James play, used to. Uh, he used to say, I think I've heard him say it in two interviews because uh, he worked at Jimmy John's with me and he worked at a Skyline Chili with me. Um, and in both interviews, 
he would say like tongue in cheek, but like it was hilarious both times because I could hear him across the room. Uh, he would ask the uh, every single time the interviewer would be like, uh, "Do you have any questions for me?" And then he would be like, "Ask me what my biggest weakness is." <laughs> and he'd be like, "What's your biggest weakness?" He'd say, "I work too hard." <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's my James in a nutshell. Yeah, I work too hard. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maybe I, I I know some players would be like, oh, he's a workaholic. We don't want that. He's gonna be yeah, that's true. I think they laughed, luckily, which is good. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is it is Jimmy John's. Yeah, it's how how, how serious so, can you take it? Well, Jimmy John himself it, takes it pretty seriously. Oh yeah, gotta watch uh, out. Yeah, that place is horrible. Just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do they have those in Canada? No, but um, Pony from the show and Ognos, they talk about Jimmy Johnson. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it's no it's no good. Um, I do still order it sometimes because they deliver and I feel like a jerk every single time I do it. Uh, but it's been helpful through quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but regardless, it's uh, it the guy, Jimmy John himself, is a horrible person. You can... Yeah. The quick searches online shows you anything you need to know. Oh, he's actually uh, a person, eh? He's not like the colonel. No, he's a real Wendy. he's a real dude. He's like a total, just absolute piece of shit monster human. Um who? Like yeah. Jimmy John. Jimmy John. Oh my god, fuck that guy. Yeah. He's like a that big was... game hunter poacher. Yeah, like pictures of him online holding up dead jaguars and elephants. Oh fuck. Yeah. And you used, like used to make us wear person. shirts that said like God. God is everywhere and loves us. <laughs> yeah, there's like all sorts of weird. Oh, fuck that guy. Anyway, Jimmy John sucks. And the weird like shirts that said America's favorite like sandwich delivery guys. And it's like, <laughs> but they're not all guys. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, that dude's weird. Weird dude vibes. Yeah, no good. <laughs> all right, um, question for you, gentlemen. Thank you, you for coming back. Was it enjoyable? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Experience. <laughs> um, just drained, what? you know. <laughs> Jesus. There was what? a there was a joke when uh when we were on tour in Japan that the Kevin always used to say that pee is stored in the balls. <laughs> so yeah, every he time he had to time. go to the bathroom, he'd say, "All right, boys, I got to drain my ball." <laughs> drain the balls. Jesus Christ. Wow. God, uh, they're just heavy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah new new gaia tour was that it is that what you're talking about uh, yeah neo, neo gaia of fantasy neo, sorry yes yeah. neo world new gaia new yeah, world new, yeah, Earth. new world yeah. new well yeah. new world's fantasy yeah new world fantasy yeah. neo gaia yeah. fantasy yeah. just playing with the words there <laughs> yeah i didn't get uh didn't get to go to Japan for that. I really wanted to experience that so far. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely. I got to uh, hear it after as you put out the release. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely one of the more fun moments of my whole life, probably. Mm-hmm. Just going on tour in Japan, and it was I super cute was... because Tech and I were on the same flight uh, to Japan and got to sit next to each other. And yeah. it was really adorable, if you can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was uh, it was very sweet. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want it to have been any other way. Yeah. You are know? <laughs> <laughs> in it together. Yeah. So how do you guys sort of jump around 
from sounds and styles from album to album so majestically? <laughs> I love so that question. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me more like egos. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think James and I like both uh, listen and love a lot of different kinds of music. Um, and I don't think that, I don't think that we always like, like he was saying earlier, I don't think we're like, okay, I'm going to write a, this genre song now, but I think it sometimes turns into like, you want to explore certain palettes that you hear elsewhere. And like, I have a project, uh, called dinosaur on fire where I usually just try to explore like synth, just like cosmic synth music, um, in whatever way feels cool to me. Um, so the palette is the same, but maybe I'll do different styles of music with it or something just cause it's, it's fun. You want to challenge yourself and try something new and I don't know, just, um, I mean, a lot of it just kind of happens organically when we're just kind of, um, like I always have a folder on my desktop called new death samples and, Anytime, like, I hear something that I'm like, oh, damn, I want to take this little bit from that, or like, that would be sick to like sample in a DDS song. I like write it down on my phone and then try to find it later and then put it into new death samples. And so, like, um, before COVID hit, um, Tech was able to come to Philadelphia, thank God. Yeah, no um, <laughs> And we were able to work together in like the same room. And that first night, you know, I was just like sitting at the computer and he was like laying on my bed and I was just going through like all of these songs, um, you know, just like listening to them being like, okay, yeah, like that one, I think we can do something with that. And then when we finally sit down to the doll, like that's how it starts. And it's like, okay, well, let's like just start with that like little bit. And then, I don't know, we can, it's almost like trying to take a bunch of like, you know, like Apollo 13, put the round peg in the square hole, right? It's like taking a bunch of like, you know, like K-drama, um, like real saccharine, you know, like vocal songs. Um, and then like the sick beat from like the Unsolved Mysteries theme. And then, okay, well, let's take these two ideas and then also make it sort of um, a part of you know, uh, inject our musical language into it. So it's like, yeah. so, okay, we, if we, um, let's put a synth pad on this and, you know, I think we, if we play this minor chord on top of it, like there's going to be some dissonance there, but that's sick. And now we're, you know, we can start actually writing our own original music on top of these samples, yeah. but there's never like a set path. Um, we just kind of, um, you know, it's, you know, like after writing so many Rebecca Peak songs, for example, it's like, okay, now we need, a, like we used to always say, like, okay, this song needs a thing. Um, and that yeah. means it's like, it's not a verse, it's not a chorus, it's a thing. And like, it yeah. has to happen right now because I can feel myself starting to get like bored with what's going on here. So, yeah. oh, well, what about that, that one thing, you know, that we heard in that EXO track, you know, drop that in and like blast it down and see what it sounds like. And then there are definitely Crazy. moments, you know, what I... I feel like every vaporwave artist who has had at least one success has experienced that euphoric moment where you drop something on top of something else and it's just like good out of the box. And yeah, like, like in the same key. Like, shit. like <laughs> yeah. and then it just keeps going. You're like, oh my god, keep going. Like how, <laughs> like that. Um, I'm not sad anymore, which was the 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 heavy black heart B side, which is that um, Kiari uh, Pamu Pamu song. Uh, over the uh god i don't even remember what the other track was um well, i know earth earthbound is in there but earthbound's I can't remember in the, the backgrounds yeah wait but, isn't, yeah. isn't isn't that kendrick lamar beat in there 
So, or is that just, just at the beginning? Just just at the beginning, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but it's just like the way it all snapped, like when we just dropped it in. And and it was like, we can't put this on the album because it's just like this Kiari Pamu Pamu song like all the way through. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, like I can't stop dancing. Like, this it just sounds so, really so good. good. Yeah. yeah. So those that's so organic and and wild. That's yeah. vapor magic, though. That's yeah, vapor that's, magic. That's the, that's the luck component uh, sometimes, where you just like. But I think, yeah, it's it's you're you're just kind of we have the sonic language and we have the um, <clears throat> the knowledge of like back catalogs of artists or whatever that we can pull from, and we can use our like our musical training and background to like be like, well, I know that these two songs use the same chord progressions uh or if i layer this melody in this this chord progression it'll be fine um but then there's yeah there's those magic moments where you're just like well what the fuck happens if i just drop this in here and then it's just it just ends up being good and there are times Mm -hmm. when also you're like wow this sounds like shit i'm not going to use this but um (laughs) yeah when you there's nothing worse than toiling on like hours like trying that, to make this, it work this fucking track where i was trying to sample this george harrison song you remember yeah. that tech in, in yeah. your fucking bedroom for a heavy yeah. black heart and like i had this, working like, so hard it was this like uh it was like this like real kind of like orientalist like george harrison like ding, 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 ding. and i was like trying to match it up with this drake beat like <laughs> just doing all that ableton <laughs> shit like trying to move the transients around to get it like on the beat and it just yeah. wasn't coming together and like finally after an hour it's just like fuck this like no yeah. like, yeah. like uh, select all delete like it's yeah, over we're not doing like, this yeah this isn't even a good idea like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like why are we doing this but then there's also Dude. there's also like and i think it's you know the um you know, it's it's one of the benefits of knowing tech so well, making music with tech for so many goddamn years that like <laughs> when he was over here like a month or whenever that was, um, and we were working on the the new album together, and I would just be like, okay, so I I, I it, it like needs like like something to happen here that's like da 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 or whatever, and tech would be like, yeah, no, yeah, like duh. I was saying the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. I was like, all right, cool. Like that just Always kept happening. On the same page. Like, yeah, again and again and again. Just like we just knew exactly um where the other person was going with things Mm -hmm. but we're also like you know he's super nintendo and i'm genesis you know there are (laughs) big differences in like the way that despite all the ways that we approach music the same like we're also very different people um and like tech can rein me in like no other (laughs) can because you know i because if it's something that we're working on together i want you know, I want it to be something that like tech likes too. Um, and I, I think that we both kind of play off each other where I'm, yeah. I'm a little, um, I'm a little country. He's a little rock and roll. <laughs> James, mm-hmm. James tends to work uh, a lot faster than I do. Um, I'm a lot more uh, careful methodical. and methodical. methodical. Yeah. Um, and James is much more keen to just like put something somewhere and then like start to go with it uh mm-hmm. and uh it's hard for me but that's like like when when working with him it's it's kind of nice because it's like it kind of pushes me to behave that way because he he's not going to sit there while i'm being like all slow and methodical the whole time so so it kind of like brings out, out of you bring, yeah it brings out the best in each other um mm-hmm. and then we just already see so similarly that it just works really well yeah. and then sometimes awesome. we we let each 
we both let each other kind of like get away with stuff um yeah <laughs> for the other person's benefit like um you at night on heavy black heart was very much like i was like we're working on it and just like the second half of that song just like goes and goes and goes and like because tech um tech is very um aware of accessibility um yeah. and like the idea that um not that music, yeah like not that music should mm -hmm. not be challenging but that it shouldn't be like a big pretentious like jerk off um, like there's there's space for it but i don't know i do care a whole lot about accessibility but it's i true. i th i think that sure you could care about that too much and then you you create something i think tech cares too about sterile. it just yeah. the right amount and then um when i come in and i'm like well fuck it um <laughs> you know that's that's a, like a real positive way that tech kind of reigns me in but then something like you at night where it's just like I, I remember just being like like tech i'm sorry but like, like yeah. this is gonna keep rolling man like i just have to <laughs> like it just but it's has like, that, to. that's fine and then there's like other times and um i think uh um life should be easy track five mm -hmm. on heavy black heart i remember keith removed uh one of the sections from that that like repeats like three or four times <clears throat> and i was just like no like we have to put it back in because that's the hook like that you have to have that happen again and it was like trying to like make the song not as self-indulgent but it was like no it's it in this case it has to be mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and so. I think that song um life should be easy so like i i did some like final touches like on the very end of that track but that was very much like a keith and tech collaboration but i i always hear like if i wanted to point to anything like on heavy black heart it's like okay life should be easy that's a very like tech honors it's so yeah that's, it's that's so intensely song. put together and there's so many different parts to it that all work together because tech has something that i lack which is a great pop sensibility um mm. like i used to think i had that until tech pointed out he's like dude you don't write choruses I'm like what do you mean yeah. yes i do he's <laughs> yeah. like no like and he just started listing off all these songs like all of those parts only happen once like that's not a chorus dude i'm like oh my god like what the fuck am i <laughs> like ah i felt so naked and exposed yeah but you the know it's a gaping hole in all of my work it yeah works. but it works it's it's a Beautiful you know we're, it's a it's a John Paul thing you know yeah <laughs> the the apostle um. the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the apostle <laughs> really good. of course obviously uh, yeah, New yeah. Testament <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man uh, awesome yeah you guys have an unbeatable relationship like people would kill to have somebody that they can work with like you you said tech came in and you just lay down on your bed while you're going through your computer like not everybody has the closeness in relationship to just invade each other's lives like that and feel completely comfortable you know mm -hmm. james so and really i cool. are yeah james and i are extremely lucky and the, the longer mm -hmm. life goes on the more that i realize um that we have a very very special relationship um mm -hmm. that i don't know that i know anybody else who has uh, that kind of friendship yeah i mean yeah. like we all have like old friends but i think it's especially special because what you know the the reason why we're like on this earth or whatever is to like be musicians right um and to find someone that truly like just gets it the same way that you 
get it, you know? And, you know, I can jive with other musicians that have like, that kind of get it or like accidentally get it or whatever. <laughs> and, and by it, I just mean my own personal, like musical worldview, not what's best or what's right. You know, just, it's just mm -hmm. what I'm looking for in music, you know, tech understands. And I think a lot of that comes from us growing up musically together, you know, like I had more training as like a kid or whatever, but when, when it came to like actually writing music, Tech and I really started that journey at the same time, like yeah. as teenagers. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, like being with one another through like fundamental years um, and just, yeah, experiencing. I mean, <laughs> we were around each other constantly because we worked together at, uh, at several different jobs. We were um, lived together in several different places. We were in a band that practiced three times a week. So just, it's just, like literally like as close as you can be like closer than many brothers mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's very going cool. through a lot together yeah yeah absolutely. working on shit accomplishing shit solving problems overcoming yeah. obstacles like and that's you know and, and we've never had a, a gallagher brothers breaking point and and here's the secret ladies and gentlemen uh tech and i figured it out and this is how you do it if you're ever involved in a long-term collaboration with somebody you set aside two um sort of theoretical vetoes right <laughs> so tech has a veto and i have a veto but they are one time use for your entire lifetime <laughs> so you you have the opportunity if something pisses you off in a in, in or a, 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 an idea is not jiving with you if it's come to the point where you're like i don't want this in here like, okay, well, are you going to use your one lifetime veto <laughs> to get rid of this? Or do you feel that passionately about how much you don't like this? And then it's usually like, you know, it's like walking around the block if you're angry and then coming back or yeah. writing a letter and putting it in a drawer and not sending it. It's but the, the, same but the other thing. person, the other person recognizes the severity of using the veto. So if somebody is like even debating the concept, you're kind of like, okay, right. let's, okay. let's well, see how maybe, we can maybe yeah, compromise maybe we this. can compromise a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, all right see how passionate he is about this okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so you've yeah. never had to use your vetoes not for not for lifetime vetoes yeah um, i well i technically used one to neutralize well, the, the animosity yeah but not not really but that wasn't music related so i don't really think that counts in the mm -hmm. end tech you know yeah, no it's it's no i don't but I definitely never... There are definitely some times, like even on this last album, where because um, we have been forced to sort of work more separately, where I've like recorded a song or like the beginning of a song and just like kind of nervous to send it to tech, like, oh man, I don't think he's going to like this. And then it's going to be like a, it's going to be a whole thing, you know? And then I'll send it to tech and I'll just be like, no, nah, this is sick. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like awesome. Cause it's like, it's not real until tech has buy in. You know what I mean? It's like the right. song could be sick to me, but. I know that not only will it not be best for like the group, but you know, I can think about it. If, if tech buys into what I'm doing, then that means most likely that more people will enjoy it. Um, because mm -hmm. he offers this, um, just a different perspective, um, than I'm bringing. And that's just the great thing about any sort of checks and balances and a, uh, within like a musical collaboration. Mm -hmm. It works. It works very well. Very fortunate. So as far as, other projects go like winter sleep for example big fan of that project oh I thank you two two of the tapes i think it's two records right yeah yeah um 
Yeah, there are only, only ever the two. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I never mm-hmm. finished the third one. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot so, about that for like six years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love, I'm telling you, dude, I, I eat that shit up. Like, I play those tapes all the time. Oh, awesome. that means so, so much to me. I worked so hard on the. Like, no one dude, cares. <laughs> no problem, man. Like, whatsoever. I'm, I'm happy to listen to them every time. So, does tech have any involvement in that? Like, do you, as far as, you know, running things through by him no no yeah that's that's um so like hcmj zepter rose winter sleep those are all just me off of my own doing whatever i want yeah Mm -hmm. so it's not like we we don't have like a vetting process like oh is this album right for ghost diamond or whatever it's just like we can both um that's just sort of our big space for us to pile all of our stuff no matter what it is that's Mm -hmm. the that's like the equivalent of like uh like married couples that have like two TVs uh, so that you can like go, go one can go in the living room and watch like soap operas and the other can go watch sports or whatever. Yeah. I'm the one uh, watching soap operas by the way. Yes. Yes. Uh, but uh, literally, no, and tech is literally the one watching. Sports. That literally is, those are, that's very actually true. Um, yeah. But um, no, ghost diamond uh, is, Ghost Diamond's cool, and like I guess like another example of James and I being like comfortable with one another in that um, it is like we, you know we have it set up as an LLC, um, and it is like our little our business, uh, but we use all the money for Ghost Diamond. Um, yeah, and it's it's shared income, even if it's like more, you know, like we're we're splitting it essentially fifty fifty, um, even though it's coming from all kinds of different projects and um i think that's like the even though i'm not part of winter sleep or whatever and he's not part of dinosaur on fire and neither one of us has any say over those projects it's still part of ghost diamond sorry and the, it's the bot left <laughs> i have the other one but oh okay just bringing it bringing it back in here but yeah so when you uh when you buy an hcmj album that goes into one big pot that tech and i can both take from um which is another like super rare like um like we can trust each other uh at a point in which i don't think a lot of people can you know yeah sorry my phone cut out again oh it's okay (laughs) oh perfect timing for it (laughs) we had a little technical thing yeah cool yeah, but that sounds really bad because I'm like, yeah, so if you buy an HCMJ album, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you know what? I might uh, take this moment to actually close the windows. It's getting pretty cold in here now. Wow. Oh, oh sure, yeah, you're ahead. in the great, great white north. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the northwest I don't mind or... it, though. I can't. I can't stand the heat, man. It's crazy. I could not do Florida. Oh, I love no it. Way. You I love and me it. both. I love yeah, winter. I'm James the winter is not man. In the summer. Yeah. Winter sleep. Winter it's sleep. Like, currently, it's it's go. 74 inside my apartment, and my skin is like just a little bit sticky from sweat. Uh, and Gross. I love it. It's it like perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm on bed sheets that have little snowflakes on them. Oh. And uh, there's a really poetic moment in uh, the HCMJ song, Cold Snap where I have the brilliant line, I, f- I fucking hate the spring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate the spring. Yeah. Yeah. No. Did it? All right, let me go do that. I'm going to probably hit the washroom too. So yeah, go ahead. like five minutes. Okay. Didn't I have... 
a song where I said like I fucking hate I fucking some, hate the winter. <laughs> some season. Well, there is there's that song. Oh no no no! It's uh it's in a song about hating fall. Mm. Spring <laughs> imposter. Spring uh, imposter. Right? Yeah yeah. But uh, I say, d- daylight savings time is a fucking joke. <laughs> yes yes. <laughs> That's daylight saving <laughs> is a. F- that song rules man that was sick yeah it's one of those songs that's like the sickest build so nothing (laughs) it's like classic Rebecca Peak like (laughs) I'm going to bed (laughs) it's fun to think about yeah Yeah. (laughs) how you doing tech remember this is all on the record you know I know uh just hanging in there. Just I'm like 120 something hours into Final Fantasy VII. That's cool. Uh, man, I wish you could play it. I just want to fucking be able to talk to you about certain things. Uh, I know. Uh, I'm I'm getting there, but I, there's just so much shit. Like you got my, too much, yeah, you don't want to play it when you're all distracted and shit. My yeah, my my gaming has basically been I work on shit and then right before I go to bed, I play through like one to one and a half days in Shenmue, and that's like just to come down you know yeah like i yeah, just like yeah. drive the forklift and <laughs> and buy a bunch of capsule toys and that's it that's like all i can handle yeah no but, you, you know don't... it's it's like elliot smith's last album uh yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know if cool, you're aware of this but <laughs> when <laughs> from a basement on the hill came out i didn't listen to it oh because, yeah 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 because it's like well, no yeah. don't don't do that just <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, dude. I got it. I got but you played. You. you played the first. You played the first level, basically, right? I, I played chapter. the bombing mission. Yeah, that's what I really wanted to see. Um, yeah. Like honestly, it could just be that, and I'd be fine. <laughs> but... I know that's how. I, that's how I was with uh with the demo when I first got it. But on honestly, like as it goes, it's just like it's just more and fucking, more and more and more it's and more. So yeah. good. Uh, yeah, Midgar, it's... the way you've always wanted to explore it. Yeah, it's just insane how true they stayed to like the source. Even, even yeah, even like the dumbest shit. The only stuff that they like really nerfed or whatever was basically to get a teen rating instead of a mature rating. Mm. So like, uh, there's no blood, mm. uh, whereas there is blood in the original. But Baird um, says, "Damn." <laughs> yeah, they, there's a lot of cursing in the game, but they don't say the f word. Yeah. Uh, and there's one oh the one thing that they and <laughs> they, well they allude to it but they don't really allude to it it's heavily implied in the original game that they're trying to fucking mate Red 13 with Aerith mm. uh, that's why she's like in the fucking like cage with it, Red 13 is cause like Hojo's trying to make them fuck oh my uh, god I forgot about that yeah, yeah which is super fucking dark and yeah. uh that's not really the case in uh, mm, yeah in this game. It's a little yeah, much. I re- remember like uh like ten years ago there was that article like why the Final Fantasy VII remake will never happen. It's like oh, cloud in a dress. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, like why not, Jesus. man? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh the the entire honeybee in sequence is fucking insane. Uh, yeah, I've seen a little bit little bits and pieces of that. Yeah, there's it's just. Everything is just really good. There's only one chapter that feels like okay. Yeah, I heard there's a Jesse chapter that sucks. 
That's what I've heard. No, that chapter is fucking sweet. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, I love it. Um, and I actually, I think that will play a bigger role in the future games. There was just, and maybe the chapter that I don't like is the same way. It's just like, it feels like a re it just doesn't, it feels pointless. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like, you don't really want to play it very much. I don't know. <laughs> but everything after that is like incredible. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing the next one even before I play the first one because I just want to yeah. see like Midgar Swarmer and uh, I know, know. I'm gonna I want to <laughs> see if they like make it open worldish or not. Did you play Dragon Quest Eleven? Yeah, yeah. Okay, isn't that isn't that game? It's not really open world. It's like large zones that yeah, feel yeah. kind of open. Mm-hmm. I bet you that's what Final Fantasy Seven remake. I get that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. But there are like so many of them that it kind of feels opener. Yeah. It I mean, feels I'm fine. I'm fine with it like that. The open world in Final Fantasy VII isn't that big to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. You that's run true. for like 12 seconds and then you're at somewhere else. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> so. But in, in that Dragon Quest game, like, I don't know, like the zones, you could definitely just like stay on the high road to go to the place that you're going. But then there's just like a low area that just has like a few hidden treasure chests in oh that's sick and it's like if you go in there you'll get like a few items and you'll be a little higher level but you don't have to um yeah so it's all um like kind of like final fantasy 11 with smaller zones i guess they're all just kind of circles that are connected with tunnels right between them you know yeah yeah which i think i think that would work but but i don't know how they're probably not going to release it for like three more years so i'm just going to keep playing um don't blame me yeah i don't i don't know uh <laughs> three years hello what three years oh no hey. oh no cock in the hen house that sucks <laughs> cock in the hen house. some great content <laughs> that's all uh yeah that's that's what we're like all. that's what it takes to uh be best friends <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah takes. three years that's way too long that's yeah that's too long man. i know i don't want to wait that long but i bet you that uh, it'll probably be at least two well to be fair i had to wait like 18 years for shenmue 3 so you know it could be worse yeah. <laughs> it could be worse well wait but oh but that's but no but final fantasy 7 remakes taking 23 years well okay all right all right <laughs> anyway anyways it's neither here nor there <clears throat> Okay, where did where did I leave off? Uh, winter sleep. How about we talk about Atlantis recordings a little bit? Sure, I would love to. Isn't that <laughs> isn't that a great label? Is this Scott, right? Yeah, yeah. Scott Michael. Um, and there was a, a point in 2017 where there was a really cool show that happens at the um, the Institute of Contemporary Art here in Philadelphia. That um, mm-hmm. like St. Pepsi was here, and eyeliner came out. Um, it was. The most one of the most beautiful um, vapor things to ever happen up to that point, and probably didn't happen again until Electronicon. But yeah. Scott Michael came, uh, like he drove like six or seven hours and just like crashed on my couch, and it was so amazing because he's like in person, like just as like kind and like ridiculously um, like just he's, like he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. yeah, and just so fucking enthusiastic um, yeah. about music wow. in general, um, but just like really, really dug us. Um, so yeah, he's yeah. like one of the best people. He's you know, there's always a, a lot of times and a lot of sort of um, 
of the darker sort of vapor spaces that sort of off sh shot from the the sort of mainstream you know there's a lot of like weird dude energy is what i call it where it's just yeah. like you're like kind of <laughs> eyebrows are a little bit raised and like is this dude like is this like some white supremacist shit like <laughs> i like i don't know this like makes me icky but like yeah. scott michael is just like seriously like the the sun emoji just like <laughs> you know like he and he's really that way so yeah. um mm -hmm. but they were one of like the first labels um like they were i think like 1.5 wave Vaporwave, yeah, they were like, early vaporwave. Yeah, yeah, it was them and like beer on the rug. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so that's was, why when when they reached and business casual, I guess a bit after that. I don't know when Fortune five hundred was, but that was a big thing. Too. And Fortune five hundred, yeah, 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 that was yeah. that was yeah. like the the big thing. So yeah, when he reached out to us, it was like it might as well have been like capital, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, we were so we were doing about it. It was like holy mm -hmm. shit, wow! Like vaporwave people actually like this. Like okay, maybe mm -hmm. I think we should keep doing it because it's yeah. Yeah, well, because you weren't even set out to make vaporwave at all, right? Right. Just, well, not exactly. Yeah, it was just to be, just to show each other stuff and have fun. Yeah, certainly not to be a part mm -hmm. of any like community or conversation. Not, yeah, not yeah. at all. We weren't like because we had yeah. other pro like Winter Sleep and Dinosaur and Fire. We were like submitting that stuff to blogs for review and and doing all this like email blasting and stuff like that but for death's dynamic shroud i i don't even know if we like posted about it on social media i think we were just like just like whatever yeah it wasn't until hashtag new worlds um i remember that post that i made because i was yeah i specifically mentioned the the star fox menu music and i was like hey this is an album if you were like that kid who played the star fox menu music and just let it loose because it was the most beautiful thing that you had ever heard <laughs> like that yeah. and the music from pikmin when um like when olimar is like writing in his diary at the end of each level um god damn that music <laughs> is so fucking beautiful um i forget mm -hmm. what destiny mix track it is i'm pretty sure it's on that album though oh it's spacey girl spacey girl thing News yeah. newspaper is my favorite from that album the song from SimCity. Yeah, SimCity 2000, and not yeah. just any version, but the Mac version. Uh, uh, yeah, because that's the version that we had in school. Right, uh, yeah. The, uh, it was just like, I was always like enamored with that song, because it's like so fucking weird, but like also like incredibly beautiful and sad. All the music in that game is so beautiful and sad. It's so yeah. weird. And like it's, the, so, it's so weird. It's like it doesn't match that what you're actually doing at all, but it makes this mm -hmm. jarring, like, I don't know. It's just really good. Except for the, the dun, 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 But the, the, the Windows and the DOS versions use general MIDI, so they all sound like fucking stupid uh, oh. MIDI, which yeah. uh, it's one of those things where it's like I have no, like, nostalgic, um, you know, there's no, like, oh, like, I really like the way that this sounds. Generally speaking, um, like, general MIDI does not, satisfy me yeah. but the uh mm -hmm. sim city 2000 the weird ass mac version had like these super low bit sampler instruments that like max is made and like included in the game so it's all like yeah <laughs> right awesome. yes i got i got that i got it but it was so cool because like you know um like max you didn't have different sound card options so like every mac yeah it, that game sounded the same on like every single one so it's not like all of these different sort of memories that kids might have of playing SimCity 2000 where oh well this person had it on like a sound blaster pro and this person so that, had yeah. it on like whatever mm -hmm. else it was there was just like no this mm -hmm. is the 
like the Maxis Canon like, <laughs> like version of the soundtrack. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. That's New World. That was my Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that was world, my yeah. Jeff Goldblum impression. Like that's Chaos Theory. It's like now that's <laughs> that's New World. <laughs> yeah. The Mac version of the SimCity 2000 OST, very New World, <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's directly from my personal childhood experience. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't have James's personal childhood experience, then you're just never gonna get New World. You're never gonna get it. I'm, I don't know what to tell you, but. <laughs> I don't even want to ask more questions. I just want to listen to you guys banter about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe so awesome. maybe one day we'll have our own show. Yeah, where we can um, pretend that everybody's interested in everything that we're saying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Learn more about your childhood. Yeah, yeah. they were great. We were, you know, uh, white males from the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Holy what a shit. unique, what a unique, <laughs> unique perspective. You know yeah. what we had to overcome. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so much insight right. in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> so much culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Atlantis Recordings. If you haven't heard of them, of I guess the label, they, they're not putting out anything now, but. Check them out if you want to get into vaporwave history a little bit. They've got Luxury Elite, Auto, DDS, Cat Corp. Who else? Um, actually, Kevin from Equip has an album on that label um, under a different name. Mm. Um, James, do you know what it is? I can't oh, remember. I forget. I forget. I'm so it's, sorry, it's, Kevin. I, I know. I feel so bad. It's um, fucking piece of awesome. Shit. I can't look at my computer right now either because we have to sit. But Internet Club's on there too. Dreams 3D. That was oh, yeah. straight up on that. Um, and Internet Club was like what changed my mind about Vaporwave. Yeah, um, Vanishing it was a company. Vision. Yeah, it was uh, the album Vanishing Vision was the first Vaporwave album, like all the way through. That I was like, holy fuck! And mm-hmm, um, me too. and the the thing that you you used the song from Vanishing Vision and one of your I did uh, not even like fully realizing it at the time. Like that was that was the most validating moment for me when I was making that <laughs> when I was making that Shenmue mixtape to show tech that Shenmue is like an interactive vaporwave album. And then I walked into Bob's pizza and it was the fucking opening track to vanishing vision. Like I literally <laughs> cried. Like oh, I was right. You see what I mean? Oh God. Um, Tear. Yeah. Cause I, as much of a Shenmue fan as I was, like I didn't recognize it. Um, Cause I hadn't played it in years and years, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a, like a Holy shit moment. Yeah. Also tech noir, Early Lynn's Haven Virtual Plaza, oh, which weird. is a fucking sick ass artist. Tech Noir still seems like new to me, but I guess that's been I know like that's really how I long feel. time. That's weird. Yeah. When did that album come out? Here, that oh, uh, also twenty eight fourteen. Oh, really? Yeah. On Atlantis? The first twenty eight first. Yeah, the very first twenty eight fourteen was on Atlantis. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. In twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. And Techno Noir was 2015, also. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense because I always, I always think of Tech Noir around like Dream Catalog, <clears throat> like mm-hmm. the big Dream Catalog era of like 2015. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, hmm, yeah, Th- those are the days. Wine and roses. Maruba fruit and roses. Maruba fruit and roses. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so shouts out to shouts out to Scott. Yeah, we love you for doing. We miss you, doing Michael. Some amazing stuff. For sure. All right. What else we got to talk about? Let's talk about Electronicon a little bit. 
Sure. Getting to meet everybody. Yeah. That's where I met you. I know. That was, <laughs> that was so, was so funny trying to get. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I met you, Tech, and then I was like, hey, you got to sign all my tapes. And then uh, you had to go, like, find James, and I kept coming back, and you're like, I don't know, man. I got these. I can't find them, man. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard. It was uh, there's so many people. Because I have a uh, the um, first one, uh, Shenmue. Shenmue yeah. online, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I needed your signature. But did you ever? Did you ever get it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. Good. Okay. You signed it too, just in case. <laughs> I like, will get it. Uh, I love signing text albums. That's yeah. Like no. My, it's, it's yeah, I'll sign though. your classroom sex yeah. tape vinyl. Yeah. But hey, I did the art yeah. on the inside, so it's like I. Made that's that. true. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. It is really funny when people ask for signatures on the other albums, though. I'm like, yeah, I guess so, sure. <laughs> Electronic yeah. was was like the fulfillment of our entire lives. Yeah, it was ultimate like... fantasies, though, because all we wanted to be was rock stars, like any child of the '90s. You know, yeah. we wanted to be. Um, we wanted that experience of like having fans and having them be physical, real things, and not um, avatars on Twitter, yeah. Yeah. and just like. I'll never forget, like, when we pulled up to the venue and there was, like, the line, like, stretched all the way around the block and we're, like, getting out of the Uber with our gear and people are like, whoa, it's Tech and James. It's like, what the fuck? You know who I am? Like, whoa. (laughs) Like, it was, uh, it was such, like, um, like, I know that, like, a big part of it was just kind of, like, a fantasy because it was, like, it, all these people had to come from all over the country to, like, fill this place but at the same time it was like no this is like a real thing that's happening and you know like i i feel like to a lot of young people especially you know like something like death dynamic shroud it it can be just as big to them as like radiohead was to me when i was in high school you know what i mean um but instead of being like on the pages of nme um and like this you know strange distant islands um we can be like accessible and um, just like regular people, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's kind of liberating in a way. And it's cool. Cause you get to be in touch with all the, all the fans and like talk to them and stuff. Electronic on, mm-hmm. it was so weird. Electronic on two was like, like electronic one was so amazing. And then electronic on two was honestly even more amazing. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least put, like the performance, like getting, getting to play on that stage and like it was just insane like i i didn't think like i kept almost expecting it to somehow like not live up to how great the first one was but it was like even crazier well it was also mm-hmm. really special for me in tech because the only other time that we had performed as this dynamic shroud together was that ica show in 2017 yeah. yeah and um and i don't think a lot of people realize that we were like seasoned road warriors that were in a band together or whatever (laughs) so like um like we're very comfortable like being on stage and like just like Mm -hmm. rocking the fuck out because that's just i don't know it's how we do it because we were in like a space rock band and just used to do that um so i feel like there was a lot of like people thought that we might just be like two producers behind laptops just like standing there um we can't really do that yeah we can't because when we're listening to like our favorite music that we're like chopping and screwing to like serve us and it's like so (laughs) fucking loud it's like it's the same thing that you do when you listen to your favorite music you just you get just completely enveloped by it and just yeah just pumped yeah Yeah. 
So you have to do something. And yeah. just and especially like at, when you sing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, I was just going to say, man, I like came everywhere when you sang, were singing butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it, that it was really fun special. Sing, I can hear it in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to sing on stage for sure. Uh, and especially yeah. like within Vaporwave <clears throat> when not, not many artists do that. Um, it makes it, uh, I don't know. I think it's fun to, s- I, I wish more vapor artists would, um, just because I think it, it's more fun to watch in my opinion. Uh, like I, mm-hmm. I really had a good time watching like at the first, um, electronic on, I really liked like Dan Mason and yeah. obviously like negative Gemini and George are, are great. It's just, I don't know. I, I like the, mm-hmm. It was uh, nice. one of the really early um, Death Dynamic Shroud shows that I was just doing by myself in Philadelphia. I had, uh, it was just like some weird, it was in an, uh, an old um, like house show venue called The Sound Hole um, in West Philly. <laughs> really great name, right? right. Um, it was actually a pretty cool, pretty cool place. Uh, rest in peace, The Sound Hole. <laughs> but they, uh, they, I was like on this weird like wooden rise and the the way they had it worked was that my visuals were being projected on like a wall perpendicular to me. So everyone was like watching the virtual utopia experience movie basically while I was performing all this music. And then the end I started singing, um, you know, the TTFNK, the Vera Lynn cover. And it was like, it wasn't until like 45 seconds into it that people like started to notice that like I was actually singing <laughs> and they were like, mm-hmm. like nudging their friends like, yo, what the fuck? This dude is singing. Like what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, man, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no thing. That's always that's always the most fun for me is just yeah, singing is so much fun. Um yeah. and mm-hmm. I and especially that song, I always try to like method act through it and think of all the most <laughs> like heartbreaking farewells that I've said in my life and like I'm seeing it all in front of me. Um it's like torturing yourself on stage. It's, yeah, but that's fun, you know? That's yeah. that's uh yeah. Destinamic Shroud covers us all, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's very new world. <laughs> it is. You know, you know I always like to say, you know, one of my favorite pithy sayings is, uh, <laughs> life is suffering. Anything before or after is only waiting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hmm. Give me a moment to absorb that. Yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> and just know in that moment you're just waiting for next, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm being hyperbolic again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Going to the hyperbole. Getting deep. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, long story short, Electronicon 2 was incredible um, because I think that because of the success that we had at Electronicon 1, um, I think we turned a couple heads as far as what we were um, capable of with our live performance. And so they Mm -hmm. were really cool to put us on the big stage for Electronicon 2. And yeah. I think word it kind of spread that um, it was actually a pretty cool show. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, playing in front of that many people um, was just fucking rules. Yeah, it really <laughs> it's did. The coolest. Yeah. It was, and it wasn't like, and it wasn't like when we were in a band, and it's like, oh, is my guitar in tune? Like, no, I'm gonna hit the sample now, and it's like, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <know>? It's also- <laughs> this is really, really fun. It's yeah, so it's much fun. more mm-hmm. like it's it, it's not it's- easy. It's very complicated to do what we do on stage, but it's so much more fun than dealing with 
fucking instruments and yes. strings breaking and there's, pedals cutting out and all that band bullshit. Like, there's just oh, a lot more drums. Joy. Yeah. 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 For drums sure. are the worst. Man. Less stressful. Yeah. yeah. Can we can we talk about your live setup a little bit? Like how you approach your production? Sure. When you're performing live? Sure, yeah. Uh, what do you what do you do? J- like James how do you does, transfer your songs over and James does way more than I do. Um a lot of it has to do uh with the fact that James already had a Death Dynamic Shroud setup prior to me um coming on board. Uh yeah. but um James go ahead and you can well, and, and and I don't know. Don't sell yourself short, though, Tech. Because when I when I form Destinamic Shroud without you, it's like what you have added to it um, is missed so dearly. <laughs> like seriously, like when I I performed on SBF four twenty on four twenty twenty twenty, and I can still like if I'm doing any of those songs that we did together in like Japan or whatever, and I'm like, where's that pad at? yeah tech does that like fuck (laughs) um and also when i perform a tech you know um we do the the pop songs where i get to kind of like just chill out for a second instead of being like constantly on yeah um Mm -hmm. but yeah the first s dynamic shroud show weight of it um like someone just offered me to to play a show in philly and i was like okay sure um but i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do like how would i even do this live so i the first thing i did was get a little um launch pad and just lay out a bunch of uh, clips and loops and samples from different Destinamic Shroud songs, just a big file, and then just practiced how to basically in real time construct a Destinamic Shroud album from preset loops and samples by moving through a massive Ableton project in um, Session View. And then it Mm. sort of became more complex (laughs) from there as I started to add uh, more so now i have like a a midi mix which is just like 16 unlabeled black knobs that only i know what they do (laughs) and so those so those are all linked into like customize effects chains and um different parameters on different tracks and on the master track to so it's it's sort of like a a in-depth continuation of that idea that okay we're starting with just a bunch of content thrown together in this in this file and we have a basic path or like set list that I know that we're going to go through, but it's really cool because I don't know if like if uh, if I'm like playing a show and people are not vibing with the weirder shit, then it's like okay, well then I can kind of ride on like the more beat heavy stuff a little bit longer. Or if it's like these people are into just whatever, then it's like okay, well why don't we you know hang on this weird um b-set island track for a little bit longer and just like kind of go with it and so i don't know you'll see um like tech and i have funny exchanges uh with our <laughs> eyeballs like yeah. we're performing and tech's like waiting for the next thing to happen but like i'm in control yeah, <laughs> of, like just... when it's gonna happen and he's like all right yeah. man like <laughs> it's one go. of those moments where he's like yeah let it go and i'm like no nah, i gotta let this ride out <laughs> So it's, it's funny, like you can see it happening in like real time, and he'll just yeah. like kind of laugh to himself. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's sick no matter what. So so Tech has a laptop with a um, Logic profile open, with um, you know like five or six different synthesizers, and then different vocal tracks with different effects on them that he's controlling in real time with a keyboard, 
and then I have a little keyboard and um, I use a machine jam as a grid controller and a parameter controller. I love the machine jam because um, it has an endlessly turning knob that you can um, that you can link to the uh, the tempo. So it allows me to just really get rubbery with um, speeding up and slowing down um, tracks like in real time. Uh, and mm. so I'm triggering samples and uh, controlling parameters on the machine jam. And then the MIDI mix I have linked into um, all the high passes, passes and ping pong delay and reverb and individual reverb on different tracks and customized effects that combine uh, different parameters uh, from other tracks altogether. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like painting with samples in front of people. And because it's like sick video game music or has cool beats, it's actually entertaining, <laughs> or at least hopefully. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Holy shit. And so we have a little Yamaha mixer that we just um, have to mix tech signal and my signal together out into the mixer um, at the, uh, you know, at whatever place that we're playing. Uh, and so... Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, there's probably a way to do this, but I don't know how, and maybe we're reinventing the wheel, but that's just kind of how it evolved over time. So that's um, that's our life mm -hmm. setup. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, J James is much more knowledgeable of gear than I am. I just kind of listen to him. Uh, <laughs> and like, well, <laughs> don't be mine. We'll, no, no, it's true. We'll buy stuff that we'll need uh, with Ghost Diamond money. Oh, no. Oh. Uh Oh, geez. Okay, last thing you said was, we'll buy things we need, ghost diamond money. Yes. God, this fucking picture of me in a hard hat going viral on Twitter. Ugh. Damn. Oh, is it? I hate it. <laughs> I hate this picture. Uh, anyway, no, uh, Tech, we, you were we saying uh, when he buys gear. Oh, I was just saying, like, when, when we buy gear, like, James will be like, just, like, here's the deal. We're going to get this. I'm going to get you one, two. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get you one, two. And then we're just going to, you're going to learn how to use it. And then, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Cause like gear is just my least favorite part of music. I just, mm -hmm. and I, it's just, I, I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I just want the music part, but it's also, um, I don't feel comfortable send, uh, spending ghost diamond money on <laughs> yeah. gear unless I also buy it for tech too. So I'm like, <laughs> Hey man, I'm getting a new, uh, focus, right. Uh, you know, audio interface. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead and get one for you too. Cause you know, we need this dog, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this like way we'll match on stage. It'll be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like uh Sonic is the gear and Nintendo, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm definitely Mario. And well, well, Sega, James Sega does what Nintendo don't, yo. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> gotta go fast <clears throat> gotta go fast That's yeah. me. so one of you did a final fantasy 7 live set right was that you james it was a final, final fantasy, fantasy 11. 11 yeah right 11. yeah that's what okay. i was talking about earlier that was at the um oh yeah i originally right. did it in um in japan during the last neo gaia fantasy tour we played mm -hmm. a um we played a show at seventh floor shibuya and it was on the 11th of November. And so it was one of those yeah. things where... <laughs> 11-11? I, I didn't yeah, know you did that. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I saw it was on 11-11, and um, like, I was talking to the, like, the Japanese promoters, and I was just like, 
You know what? I think I'm I'm just gonna do a Final Fantasy eleven themed DJ set, and I think they were kind of like, um, okay. That <laughs> uh, was like, no, trust me, this is gonna be sick. Um, and I just really went for it because I love Final Fantasy eleven and especially the music. Mm-hmm. I gotta check that music out. It's so fucking good. And on the original, okay. the original, just like vanilla Final Fantasy eleven soundtrack, there are like no Matsu tracks. Like he did Ron for and the mm. airship theme airship, and some other yeah. things yeah some um, main but themes, then, yeah yeah but then after that it's like oneyoshi mizuda and he does this thing like another thing that we really like to do tech and i is be really withholding in music um and just like not give you the resolution that you so desperately want until like we decide it's time <laughs> <laughs> but so like naoshi mizuda all these tracks like I don't know, they'll have um, like these kind of sparse, um, not entirely musically interesting sections that go on for like four minutes. And then all of a sudden, there will be this end section where, boom, there are the synth pads. And it's just like one chord after the other. And they're never repeating themselves. And it's like, where are you going with this? Oh, my God. It just like pummels your heart. Wow. So, um, yeah, if you're not familiar with the Final Fantasy XI soundtrack... Um, just if you just search my tweets, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you just search at HCMJ Magic on Twitter, I posted the track listing for my Final Fantasy XI DJ set. Um, so if you mm-hmm. just search like at HCMJ Magic FF11 or Final Fantasy XI, I forget which one. Find a lot because I talk about it. Uh, but you'll also see the the track list that I did for that set um, because I posted that after the Beyond the Virtual Utopia Experience live stream. And those are like my favorite tracks. So um, check that out. We lost tech. I'm back. I figured it's out. It's okay. I didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. I, yeah. I, I figured out how to deal with it. It's just I don't know when nice. it happens. So I have to like judge based on the silence. Monitor. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, it's it's been pretty good so far. I think we're we're getting about to the end now, too. Almost three hours, guys. Oh, Jesus. damn! It's we're like an old episode of uh, yeah. It's like an old yeah. episode of Pet Food Alpha. Remember that tech? Remember Pet Food Alpha? <laughs> and uh, fucking Limit Final Break Eleven podcast. <laughs> and fi- uh, uh, Limit Break Radio. Um, Jesus. Yeah, a long, long time ago, there were like five hour long podcasts that did deep dives. On final fantasy 11 jobs it was God. so great like so once you get into your 20s these are the this is the gear that you're going to want to look out for <laughs> <laughs> like just people who love to talk about it yeah Damn, i could probably I'm, do that for final fantasy i probably have a you should maybe yeah, that's you know, what our podcast should be you know final not fantasy. about music just like <laughs> get a bunch of nerds on there yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of vaporwave are you guys listening to these days if any um, I do but, not listen to vaporwave almost at all. Um, I would say that, um, if I mean n- modern vaporwave, I like stuff from like 2013. Um, but I do like, um, a lot of the stuff that 100% Electronica is doing. I really like the Dan Mason album and I really like the new FM Skyline and Equip and I, I think that stuff is really good. And I'm yeah, not I, just saying that because mm-hmm. I have an album coming out on that label. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like Advanced Memory Suite by FM Skyline, like as far as yeah, like something that I can point to and say, okay, this is Vaporwave. Like um, his new album is amazing. I uh, just like, I don't know it by heart yet, but like I listened to Advanced Memory Suite like 
a hundred times. I swear to God, like that album yeah, is really so good. like his um his sense for for bass lines uh like he just has a groove that i don't know there's it it's sort of like um it sort of manifests itself in in different ways throughout all the tracks on the album it's just i don't know that album is really really fucking good but also mm-hmm. like um a lot of the friends that we made in japan um specifically yeah. uh like suta aca runs the uh the local visions label so they're like not exactly oh, vaporwave um but they put out a lot of vaporwave uh, sort of adjacent yeah. music. Yeah. And uh, the guy who runs it uh, is famous on Twitter as a uh, blue hose. He's the blue hose guy. Uh, that's Suta ACA. And he's the guy who runs local visions. Um, he is probably the number one vaporwave cassette collector um, in, in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I got, it's it's insane yeah Yeah. like it is peerless that's a great word tech um (laughs) like i I actually got to go to his house in izumo um last summer and he like he let me hold his his macintosh plus tape and he has laserdisc visions he has the fucking um atmospheres um by what was that Um, eco virtual yeah yeah like he has all those it's like my god i didn't even know these were real every single path tape um and of course wow. the complete dds like any um serious vaporwave collector <laughs> should have but like every version too um like trash ghost you know trash ghost has every every like every iteration and every release of every dds uh tape yeah trash ghost and dennis McCulloch of geometric lullaby are just incredible fans of destiny mix rub but the point um, is local visions that japanese label um, puts out the most insane, insanely good shit. Even if it isn't like exactly vaporwave, like uh, Studio Studio, mm-hmm. um, who's been becoming more popular um, in the states, which is awesome. Uh, like yeah. he releases on that label. And if just PSA, if anyone listening has not heard Studio Studio, that's T S U D I O, and then Studio. Um, I haven't met a single person who has listened to it and not been like, "Wow, this is like." my favorite music like this yeah, is just I think, it <laughs> like, i think it's pa- the most pa- likable i think pat chennington was so uh into him that he made like a a, a whole video yeah, about yeah because he cause interviewed me like, of, of talking about right him for the video. Being, yeah like <laughs> it's like somebody that, yeah exactly studio studio rules and we played a show with him on the neo guy fantasy uh yeah in his uh, hometown of kobe yeah, and he, it was just like, what the fuck? This dude rules. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. It's so like, wow, he's going to the chords. This guy gets it. He, yeah, this he guy gets understands. it. He yeah. understands. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Studio Studio, Local Visions. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Local Visions. I have uh, that Studio Studio Port Island. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the artwork is so good. Yeah. Da, 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 I really wanted bum, that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The local uh, Crystal Cola tape that came out right after. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys oh yeah, that. the the follow up. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of my most sought after tapes. I didn't even know that came out on Maybe a tape. Maybe I'll get it one day. Yeah. Wow. Are you talking about? I'm pretty sure. Not Soda Soda Resort yeah, Journey, the new album. No, Late Night TV by Crystal Cola. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not familiar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a. And I, is say hi me boo? Is that how you say? He's on new masterpiece. So that was the other sick Japanese label. 
yeah. that also helped us Sick set up label. the um, Neo Gaia Fantasy. Yeah. So, and that's run by Hitastronics. Is... Yeah, yeah, he's he's really cool. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's some new vaporwave stuff that I listen to, but I'm not like, I don't listen to a ton of it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot uh, of not a lot of vaporwave fan base is like voraciously all about vaporwave specifically, which is fine. I mean, I I I do get it. I was really into it in 2013, um, but I I just. I don't know, slowly started to move out of it. But um, at this point, mm-hmm. it, a lot of times if I'm when I'm looking for it probably already exists. Like I, yeah. I, I still spin um, cherished by fatal memory air. Um, <laughs> like often, like if I'm in the mood for like an echo jam, like that's the album that I put on because yeah. like beginning to end, it's so consistent in its tone and its sounds and like he samples lamp on there and like i don't know it's just like um yeah if you haven't it, it's a it's been erased from the internet except for the the dream catalog archive um Damn. so yeah uh cherished by fatal memory air uh from like 2014 or 2015 that's got to be like low key one of the best vaporwave albums ever um but yeah more recently i, I mostly stuff that i end up sampling like monari wakita and um EXID and Blackpink and shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, I think like yeah, my my favorite vaporwave albums are probably like <laughs> like truly like Floral Shop. <laughs> as basic as that sounds. It's that incredible like, though. It's incredible. Yeah, like yeah. the first track on that album is so good. Um and uh I really like um uh New Wave Hallucinations by Mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I always loved that album, and I know the, the the album after that is the one that like got all the attention. But New Wave Hallucinations was like, I don't know, it just rules. <laughs> that that was the one that turned my head. It was yeah, a face it was with no face eyes. Without, yeah, like, face without eyes is like just like one of the greatest vaporwave songs of all time. It's and just, I was like, okay, okay, I understand now why this yeah. <laughs> is sick as fuck because like the Billy Idol song is not this good. Like this is so yeah, much like better, better than, than the Billy the, Idol yeah. song. Like I could <laughs> exactly <laughs> all the bending Holy chords. Holy shit! Like yeah. fuck. Yeah. fucking beat rules and it's yeah. produced immaculately Mesh is mm-hmm. a, a very good producer yeah yeah he's got it yeah yeah i just did an episode with him if you want to check it out guys. oh yeah you linked me to that i was listening oh, to yeah. a little bit of that yeah and it's nice and it's definitely not um i mean it says vaporwave as like winter sleep was vaporwave but of course our boy equip um yeah like he's uh i love equip so much um it was my favorite curse mm-hmm. baker x was like my number one album of last year like hands down nothing came close like and i don't know if it's because i was on tour with him in japan and every time i hear it i can like smell japan <laughs> but like god that just really is like that sword reaches out and just cuts me every time i listen to that album like it's so fucking good it's funny curse breaker x is such a such a tight record like, cause it's like, it can't be longer than 40 minutes, right? Yeah. It's just 11 tracks, 32 minutes. 32. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's so like packed. Mm-hmm. It's like, just like mm-hmm. banger after the next. Yeah. It's really, like, really, really, really dense. Like a thick yeah. chocolate cake. Yeah. But like not too big a slice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just <laughs> enough. Yeah. Just enough. Not too much. That's oh, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, oh my quote. God! Yeah, man. I, was like, I got wow. you. 
Wow. Called you, out on the. It's like not even Austin oh, Powers dude. one. It's like Austin Powers two. <laughs> like, yeah. and don't forget to feed my fish. Not too much. <laughs> I respect. I'm that. off to London, England. <laughs> I like that. You picked up on my deep cut. Damn, I, I appreciate that. Was, that. that was a deep cut. That, it wow. wasn't like I was like, get in my belly. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit deeper. Yeah. Not too much. A little sun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Not too much. <laughs> I always thought that was so funny. Because they yeah, like, really like good. in a panic, desperately trying to scoop out the, the extra food. It's like the yeah. neck. <laughs> All in like a two second shot. Yeah, yeah, that's really fucking good. That's uh, good. Yeah. It's a good comedy. There's some good. There's some good gags in there. People forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's bring. Let's bring back Austin Powers. I, yeah, I forget let's... who I was talking to about this. It was like, yeah, it's time. Like, let's fucking bring back the Austin yeah. Powers quotes. There's, <laughs> like, there's no comedy like bad. that these days. Yeah, yeah. There, there really isn't. The details yeah. of my life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> Oh, oh right. man! We gotta move past that. All, All right, right. <laughs> we're gonna kill their fan base. Does number two yeah. work? <laughs> you tell that to boss. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Tom anyway. Arnold, isn't he dead? Is he dead? He seems dead. Yeah. Tom Arnold, I think he's dead. Yeah. I don't. Rest I don't in peace. Know. He was a funny guy. Yeah. R.I.P. Tom Arnold. <laughs> F. Oh yeah. F in the uh, chat. That. That's a funny get up you got there, fella. Are you in the show? <laughs> God. No, actually, I'm English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Tom Arnold uh, is definitely alive. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it seems dead, though. Yeah, he's 61 years old. I thought he was like tragically died young. Who am I thinking of? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just that like, he divorced Roseanne, and so like, yeah, he's he, dead he now. might as well be dead. Like, yeah. Dead to me, you know. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we've been Jesus. doing this a while. I'm starting to get weird. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm loopy here. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got a couple couple more questions for you. All right. Guys. Mm-hmm. Any upcoming things fans can look forward to? Oh man. Well, how about a whole new fucking album? How does that sound? How does that get your palate moist? Mm-hmm. I, I would say that we have an insane amount of stuff coming up. Yeah, big time. Um, it's going to be crazy. Long uh, story but- short, uh, Tech, myself, and Keith are all working on um, the next album. And I don't know if you've noticed, but like I was talking about earlier, like after I'll Try Living Like This, um, the pressure became... You know, it was very important that every Death Dynamic Shroud album sort of became more important than the last. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. after the amount of effort that we put into Heavy Black Heart, it's like, okay, we can't, you know, we can't just come out with, you know, feelings of hashtag new world again. You know, as much as I'd love to do yeah. that, um, yeah. we have to give it our all now because we're a hi-fi new world experience. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Tech and I um, and Keith have all been working on... Uh, a brand new album for 100% electronica that mm-hmm. fingers crossed if uh you know vinyl plants open and the world begins to yeah. turn once again uh will be coming out this year and i don't know when we'll be able to go on tour but when that becomes a reality you know i still want to go to japan in november and do neo gaia fantasy again for the third time but you know um god knows if we'll even be able to be in a room with 20 people um, yeah, legally at that point, so we'll just have to sort of mm-hmm. play it by ear. I do want to say we, uh, for fans of the older um, 
stuff, older Death Dynamics route stuff. Um, we do have uh, some some stuff in the works uh, that will appeal to people who really like the older New World mixtapes. Um, nice, but I can't I can't reveal too much yet. Yeah, we can't we can't talk too much about that uh, yeah. just yet. Yeah. But uh, just like in your Electronicon interview, um, you know, like the .wmv and the not .wmv and like what does that mean? Um, yeah. Well, we'll just we'll explore that a little bit more. I think. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there will be okay. there's a there's a lot a lot on the horizon. Um, nice. And hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. But it, you know, and yeah. hopefully a vaccine's on the horizon too. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> We're all hoping and praying. Mm-hmm. Like hell. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. One additional question. Um, you may have already technically answered this by not being able to answer it. Okay. <laughs> but have you guys ever thought about doing VHS runs for your stuff? Well, maybe you could do the, your videos like you were saying. Well, there was a VHS run for um, Virtual Utopia, Virtual Utopia Experience, the movie on, um, oh God, what was that? The name of that tape label? I forget. Bodway? Yeah, Bodway. Bodway video released yeah. a um it was Dude, that's right. Yeah, oh it was God. really short. It was only like twenty or thirty got made ever. Um mm-hmm. so I've wanted to do that again and um George is super cool and um I think he's kinda down to do like whatever ideas we have as long as they're good ideas. So um, I would love to come out with that again, either on VHS or at least I do have a really sick um uh vhs rip of that um that mark who's r23x who is also a genius artist um who everyone should listen to and check out yeah r23x rules yeah he did a really cool vhs rip of the because i i did a full like four by three pan and scan version of the virtual utopia experience because it was all originally like 1080p and so like the subject moved all over the frame so it's like a legit Mm school pan and scan uh full screen presentation so i really want to put that out on blu-ray um with the 1080p version and then also like the vhs like version which would be really cool nice but um but yeah the plan is to finish enough content to have uh virtual utopia experience beyond the virtual utopia experience as a sequel to that um to exist on vhs someday i'm less interested in the vhs format because VCRs are so big and um, VHSs are so big. And uh, yeah. at one point I, there, I went through a basement flood and lost all of my old VHS tapes and I felt more liberated than anything else. So um, <laughs> I think a cassette tape is a smaller volumetric ask fans than a VHS tape. Um, yeah. True. I would love to though. So yeah, hopefully in the future there will be more VHS content. Well, uh, I I don't want to take up too much more of your time, guys. I have a bunch more questions, but <laughs> oh, wow. you know, maybe we'll save that for another time. Yeah. <laughs> do, a, do a part two. Yeah, sure. Anything you guys want to talk about that I didn't cover? I think we about covered everything under the sun. Yeah. 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 I mean, final, <laughs> cool. lots of Final Fantasy XI chatter, and that's what I'm in. So <laughs> that's what it's about. <laughs> Yeah, I'll definitely check out the music. But I, you guys I, want to? I would just say again, like this, like 2020, like it, it 
blows and everything's weird, but like there is wonderful, something wonderful is coming. So please everyone survive as long as you can, because (laughs) I, I seriously, truly with no ego can say that what tech and I are and Keith are producing now. Um, it's the best shit that we've ever done as Destinamic Shroud. Wow. And at yeah. this point um, <clears throat> in like our career or whatever, you know, we're kind of all in on Destinamic Shroud. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I Tech and I put out a couple albums with our other side projects a couple years ago and um, no one really cared, <laughs> honestly, which was <laughs> yeah. kind of disappointing because we were yeah. like bearing our souls um, and <laughs> no one... HCMJ wow. and Dinosaur on Fire just does not have the pull of the Destinamic Shroud brand. Um, and so we're mm-hmm. sort of, the pivot is not just labeling everything Destinamic Shroud. It's like, okay, well, how can we take what we do there and integrate it into this um, this concept, the Destinamic Shroud, and have this be, you know, what we're really, you know, focusing all of our attention on. So mm-hmm. the next album, an extremely focused effort, I would I would say. Yeah. Crazy. It'll be it'll be very very good. We are super excited about it. Super stoked. Yeah. Holy shit. It's gonna be a while though, you know. But it's coming. It's coming. It is coming. We can wait. Hopefully twenty twenty three years. Hopefully twenty twenty. Final Fantasy seven. Right. Right. Exactly. We we can wait. (laughs) Cool guys. Uh, Any shout outs you want to give before we hit the road? Well, shout out Neo Gaia Fantasy Crew. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Jordan, who's groceries. Shout out Jeff Vape Air. Uh, shout out Mark R23X. Shout out Kevin Equip. Shout out um, everyone that we talked about, who we love so much. Um, Local Visions, uh, New Masterpiece, um, Atlantis Recordings. Um, I want to shout catalog. out. I want to shout out the fans. Uh, like the like the ones I engage with all the time on Twitter because uh, they're super cool and nice. Um, but I don't know how to say Do any it. of their, like, I don't know any of their real names. So I Shout know out like, Trash Ghost. Trash Ghost has Trash produced Ghost sure. so many incredible Destinamic Shroud memes. Trash Ghost that is it's, just perfect, um, yeah. I, it I, takes I, my breath away. Yeah. Um, it um, really does. Trash Ghost, uh, Sam, or Mazdebrom, I don't really know how to. Yeah, Sam is always, uh, definitely has alerts on tweets because yeah, uh, yeah she's always the first one she's like great. Uh, um just a fan of things uh it's another one um she's really great uh smug could, duck is a little sh- insane but um, smug duck is insane but uh, uh but wonderful uh i'm glad this <laughs> i'm glad that smug duck exists yes uh uh shika de soda and ixshell uh who I talk to all the time. Uh, those are, yeah. And, so sorry uh, if I forgot anyone. Emma Mouse. Um, Emma oh, Mouse yeah, is Emma a genius. Um, if you want to get real weird, if you want to go to like the next, the next fucking layer, check out Emma Mouse. Uh, she's a Japanese artist and musician um, who is um, true, true, pure artist, 100%. Yeah, Emma Mouse rules. Cool. Any, anyone else? You can keep her going. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think that's probably right, good. Cool. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me today. Yeah, it was a thank, real treat. Thank you. Oh yeah, man. Of course, it's been fun. I said it. I so was, uh, it was when a uh, goal. When will this episode um, air? Then. Uh, 
We'll be sending it your way after I cut it, just to check it out. Make sure you give the thumbs up, and then like the next day. Oh, oh shit! Cool. So like, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it tomorrow. Sweet, sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks so much for like having us talking to us. It's and it's also you know like I haven't had a chance to just sit on the phone with tech for four hours for a while. I know. So <laughs> I really appreciate that always. Yeah. There you go. Good luck with private suite stuff. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you. And thank yeah, you so tech, much. maybe uh, you should uh, consider supporting them. Uh, wow. You know, I'll I, I, I will tell you, jerk. I'll tell you, you know, if you need something to throw on a coffee table, it is a, it is a conversation piece for sure. I, I should. Yeah. I have to be careful because I'm quitting my job. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, pursue I know, music I know, I know, so. I know, you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it would be sick, though. I do love those magazines. Well, it'll always be free. Well, then I'll 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 check it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, leave me alone. Don't, I'm sorry, Don't. I didn't mean to put you on blast. You're all it's good, okay. <laughs> God, total jerk. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of private suite, check us out privatesuitemag.com. We got all kinds of stuff there. A new issue just came out. We got YouTube, all kinds of cool tools and doodads and thingies like this podcast, for example. <laughs> so check it out. And check out Death's Dynamic Shroud. Where can these people find you? Spotify, Apple Music. <laughs> uh, you can find us at deathsdynamicshroud.bandcamp.com. And, and your favorite and, streaming service. And your favorite streaming service. And, and you can f- find us on Twitter at Twitter. DD, well, yeah, at DDS New World. And that's N U W R L D. Cool. And on Instagram. And on Insta. Post and lots on, of funny memes on Facebook. Where yeah, we, we will very we really rarely that. update. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do yeah. I look like? A boomer? Yeah. Fucking Gen X. I'm not trying to tell my Come mom on. about what I'm playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny how it switches like that. Yeah, strange stuff. Although it's weird because there's still, and I guess it's appropriate, but like a shitload of vaporwave activity on Facebook. Still, I know to this day, weird, like, weird amounts. I don't understand. I don't get it. That's vapor, get over man. on Twitter. Get on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's the groups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's true. They're like mini Twitters. <laughs> well, mini Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'll let you go. All right. Take care. Yeah, See you have later, a great team. Night. Stay well, stay safe, and talk to you later. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, All right, bye. See ya. See ya. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode with Death's Dynamic Shroud. James, it was a real treat to meet you. And Tech, it was an honor. (laughs) Um, Check out Death's Dynamic Shroud on Bandcamp. You can follow them on Twitter as well. And follow them individually, too. Tech Honors, HCMJ Magic, and Keith Rankin. Like they said in the show, they have a lot of exciting upcoming physicals and whatnot. So definitely keep your eyes peeled on their Twitter accounts if you want to stay up to date on that. And from Private Suite, thank you to everybody that listens to our show. If this is your first time tuning in, definitely give us a follow on your podcast app of your choosing. Spotify, Google Play Music Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, We have an RSS feed on our website where we post everything there as well if you just want to go direct. Yeah, if we're not on something that you use, let us know and we'll add ourselves to it. (laughs) 
Speaking of our website, we have a lot of cool stuff on there, like the Discover tool, which is a great way of finding new Vaporwave music. It just searches Bandcamp. You can search whatever location you want to to find artists um, of that genre. Lucid Archive does a similar thing, but I don't think it indexes too much anymore. So, um, yeah, ours is still running. And we also have our Patreon. If you want to pick up a physical copy of Private Suite Magazine, issue 12 just came out, and it's the aesthetic issue. It's packed full of visual goodness, and we really tried to connect to and talk with a lot of the visual artists in Vaporwave. You know, a lot of people know who makes the music, but not as many people know who makes all this art we're seeing. So we wanted to give some room for those types of uh, creators. If you like the physical copies of Private Suite Magazine and you happen to miss one, check out our Bandcamp page. We're now selling our stock copies of our issues on there, privatesuitemedia.bandcamp.com. We've got issues 7, 8, and 9 on there, as well as some other goodies like um, Porter Vong's new tape, for example. New album just came out. Check it out, privatesuitemedia.bandcamp.com. <laughs> If you want to connect with us here at the podcast, you can give us a call. You can leave us a, me- a voicemail on our voicemail line. The number is 412-44-VAPOR. And if you didn't know, we gave away a physical goodie last week. It's a cassette tape, a very special one, I would say, to a lucky listener who called into the voicemail. So give us a call. Let us know if you have any gripes with the show, anything you love, hate, any artists you want to have on anything like that, we have lots of room on that voicemail account. (laughs) Um, And that's going to be it for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.
Oh, 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 oh,